We'll do a little bit of this. You're chilling it. You can turn that. it to the side. Oh, that's not it. You can turn it to the side. Mm-hmm. You can hold it upside down. How do the rappers do it? Isn't it like this? Is it like this? I think it depends on who the rapper is. It's like... Some go side. Two, two-handed. That seems um, more Sinead O'Connor to me. Yeah. The two-handed mic? A little bit too much of a tinny. A little tinny? Yeah, it'd feeling. be a little, little tinny. I don't um, know. It's kind of uh, awkward. You have a tattoo on your ring, or f- ring finger as well. You do. As, yeah, you do. Yeah. Who, who, oh, you tattooed my name on your finger. Yeah. B-E-T-H. That was, that was sweet of you. Close was that your, right before I came over? Yeah, I just so, got it yeah. done real quick. Uh-huh. And you got your yeah. Laverne and Shirley tattoo? Yeah. Yeah, it's actually the, the Old English J. Oh, that's for, a J. For, for Jessica, my wife. And but. Why it could, we could just say it's Josh, and you could just say yours is Ben. I know, it's really now. a little too close. Yeah, it is. It's kind of <laughs> weird. Yeah, it's kind of freaky. It is a yeah. little too I close. I do that to impress people. I just get quick tattoos before yeah, I Yeah, just before you come yeah, over? Yeah, the, 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 the post-meeting lasering is a bitch. But, well, you know, you might want to yeah. look into henna, dude. Mm. I mean, I don't want to tell you what to do. Shit, I should have thought of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I like to start off my podcast with this song because it's I'm a positive dude. Mm-hmm. This is such a positive, nice song. It's called Tell Me Something Good. Tell Me Something Good. Who sings it? Shaka Khan. It's probably a little before both of our times, but... Um, I like it. I'm here with Ben Greenfield, everybody. We, can we... What yeah. do I, how do you... How do you... I was calling you a fitness guru. Is that right? Would you say fitness is the right word? I'm I'm kind of like like a half gimped tard right now actually uh, because my back's thrown out so yeah. I'm not I don't really look like a fitness guru right now. Um, we by yeah, the way we were got, talking about our ring tattoos. We both have wedding we ring both tattoos, have them. and they're both kind of like mine says Beth, but it it could it could, could look like Ben. ben. And mine's just right a J. Yeah. It's an old, now why did you get yours tattooed on? That's a great question. I lost a couple rings. And I because I Kidding. take them off all the time because I, I, lo- hate- I lost two rings and that's why yeah. I did it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hated the way they felt, mm-hmm. and I would take them off when I trained, and I would take them off whenever I worked out, and I would just leave them places. Yeah, um, for me, I, I did Ironman triathlon for like ten years, and every time you swim, not only does does your hand kind of you know goes down towards the water, but your fingers shrink a little bit because yeah. it gets cold. And I lost two. I used to do those tungsten rings, right? Like those badass tungsten rings. It's like 400, 500 bucks a pop. So, yeah. you know, we're not talking about like rocks, but Dude, still, I mean, like bucks. every time you lose one of these rings. Yeah. So then I, then I started putting it on a necklace, like, like, but then it would hit me in the teeth when I would like run <laughs> and be, but so eventually I got it tattooed on. And yeah. a lot of these guys, a lot of these like CrossFitters and, and weightlifters, they're doing like these rubber rings now. Why? Because it's well, because you can do pull ups and stuff like right. that, and and I have this other massive ring I can tell you about later on on my other finger. But my problem with those rubber ones is, I, I don't know. See, see, in my opinion, you're fucking married. You want it to be something kind of cool, something yeah, kind of epic, and the rubber ones are yeah. just eh, yeah. yeah. Th- that's basically saying, you know what, my marriage. Right. It's like if she just wore a giant T-shirt to the wedding. It's yeah, like, I don't invest in yeah. a rubber ring. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. yeah, I don't want to go. Like, I'm not exactly. saying this is going to be a yeah. 100% thing, so we're going to go yeah. rubber. Yeah. No, and, it's it's nice rubber. It's like the Yamamoto Japanese rubber. How do you yeah, convince? still rubber. I yeah. can't imagine convincing right. my wife. Right. I'm going to go rubber ring. Yeah. She'd be like, yeah. fuck. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Rubber ring. You're not gonna get a diamond. Yeah, we're gonna give no. you. We're just gonna give you some henna. I'm gonna go yeah. ahead and get. I'm gonna go rubber, and then I think you should go string. Is it ever awkward for you when you're when you're like um, 
at a bar in a social situation without your wife and somebody comes to talk to you and and they they see your ring like is it make like it awkward tattooed tattooed on you yeah no yeah that is that, it awkward for you no it's it's not it actually turns into like a conversation yeah. piece and, and for me um it, it's almost like built in fidelity right oh, you because can't take that ring you, off. you can't take it off mm-hmm. and so when i am out and about it's almost like a confidence booster because you you know you're not going to be pressure's fooling around off. anyways pressures off pressure's yeah off. yeah i will tell you something else I, and i and so i put beth in the my ring says beth but if her name was Eunice, mm. I told her, I go, well, listen, if we get divorced, I don't know if I can find another Eunice. Beth? That's true. My odds are at least. That's true. My yeah. odds are at least okay. Yeah. And you, Plus, get a, you get a J. So Eunice would have choices. to be a rapper. And yeah, I do, I do have some choices. You get some choices. Right. Um, right. All right. Listen, man, you mentioned the Iron Man. So before we get into all the fitness questions that people have asked you, before the, oh, I get into all the oh. questions I have about you, because you're a young dude, man. And, mm. uh, and so to be so uh, already so deeply entrenched in this world, young. Iron Man. Expl- so what is the hardest part of that? Because I would assume it's the swimming. Iron Man. Yeah. Um. It's. Uh, I mean, aside aside from the chamois on the bike. Uh, and you, chamois like the little the little pad that goes inside the bike and oh, just like rubs your balls for five hours in a row yeah. and cuts off all the blood flow. It's really yeah. Can't they design one of those? Can't there be like a little cup where well, your they, nuts drop into? No, on the well, seat? what they did was they started to make seats that were like noseless saddles, I right? Know. And that helped a ton. But they're still, I mean, anything that you're sitting on for five hours, eventually it just feels like a broomstick. Okay, then then let's design something right now so you know when you're right. in, in in like you know they used to have those tiny little ashtrays why don't you right. build like in the seat where you can lift it up where it's just like a little extra room where you can drop your nuts right is that crazy like an ad because then you could smoke too yeah you, you needed could smoke to your nuts, could be your smoke. ash it could be yeah. your nuts well for whatever yeah. nut cheese is there it goes in right. that little ashtray but right but isn't there some place can't we design a seat for the nuts we 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 theoretically could but do you ever get on an elliptical trainer Yes. Okay, so my favorite piece of workout equipment in my garage now is this elliptical trainer on wheels that goes outdoors. It's called an elliptigo, and I can ride that on the trails. You're standing up the whole time. You never have Wait. to sit down on a chair. It moves? It's got wheels. Yeah, you could you could Google image. It's called the elliptigo, and it, you take it out. It's like an outside elliptical trainer that actually you can take on the trails. So I'll commute to like the grocery store or the bank or whatever on that, and it's really cool because on your elliptical. You, you don't have to sit down. You don't you don't have to have the ashtray for your balls, and you're like six feet high, right? Because you're standing up, so you can see a lot more. And it's one of those, you know how how there's those weird people on like fitness trails who will sometimes have like the ski poles and the roller blades or like the old guys with the sit down bikes with the big like windshield and usually like the American (laughs) flag coming off the back. Yeah. So all those people. When I ride the elliptigo by, they give me the nod. They're like, they give you yeah, a little head. You're, like, you're one of us. You mean like the guys? You know us. when you drive down the street and you see people who drive jeeps nod to each right. other, like exactly. that situation. The exactly. guys with the elliptigos yep. will soon be nodding to each other. Yep, exactly. You're the misfit. <laughs> how many days a week do you work out, and how many times a day are you doing something physical? Okay, so so first of all, and I, I, I didn't. I'll, I'll reply to that. But to to respond to your Iron Man question, yeah. hardest part about Iron Man uh, is this Iron Man in Hawaii. So there's a, this the, the Super Bowl of Iron Man happens in Hawaii every yeah. year, the Iron Man World Championships. That race gets so hot, the rubber on the bottom of your shoes 
and probably your wedding ring if you had a rubber exactly. wedding. It, it melts. It heats up. Stop so it. your feet get hot. Uh, you're you're swimming in the ocean for 2.4 miles. You get out of the ocean. You got all this ocean water in your stomach and all that like the salty grit on your ass rubbing against yeah. the bike seat. And so then you're riding for five or six hours out exposed along the the Hawaii coastline. Run first, swim second. No, you bike. S- no, you, you swim first. Oh, they always swim because if you put swim second or third, people be drowning. Right? They just be because is that that's the hardest one. It's, it's swimming, so swimming's like if you if you do the math, mm-hmm. swimming's like, excuse me, I think it comes out to like seventeen percent of the race, right? So so if there's anything you're not going to work very hard on, if you want to do an Ironman, swimming would be like the one to put the least effort into. But at the same time, swimming is the only one where if you kind of stop swimming while you're doing it, you you die. You die. Yeah. <laughs> so they put that first, and right. then then you do 112 miles on the bike. And then the last thing that you do is you run a marathon. And that's the other hardest part is because you finish up the bike and your head is pounding. You're hot. You wear, you've, you've ever seen those like big arrow pointy helmets yeah, that you wear? Yeah. Those things don't breathe well. So your head is hot and you sit inside this tent and you can hear the crowd screaming and cheering outside and your entire world, it, it, it's basically like this. Oh like everything's dude. hot and you can barely stand up because your hip flexors are locked out. And then that's the point where you have to walk out we know you don't have to walk out. You have to charge out looking like you're Superman, right? Even though you feel like complete shit, and then you run a marathon because everybody's watching. Everybody's watching as you come out. A full marathon. So eventually, like after a mile, you can start walking because then the crowd thins a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, you run twenty four miles. You, you run twenty six point two miles. That's and but isn't a marathon that, in itself enough? Like that's well, what, I mean, this like this is what I get. So, so the 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 Ironman, right? When you finish an Ironman. Are you uh, are you healthy? Do, so, do you know the question I'm asking? You, you, like, are, yeah, is you, your body healthy when you, you finish that? You don't do this for health. So the studies that they've done on, on Ironman athletes, you're familiar with, with inflammation, yes. right? Like like C-reactive protein is one thing that they'll measure to see if you've had a heart attack. It's also a measurement to see if an athlete has recovered fully or if they're in a state of overtraining. Okay. You can also look at these things called inflammatory cytokines, which someone would get, you know, before we started recording, you were talking about how you stopped eating nightshades, right? Yeah. B- because it helped with Tom joints Brady and diet. stuff like that. Yeah, the Tom Brady diet. So you weren't getting all those alkaloids into your system that can cause some of that some of that inflammation, that that cytokine release. Mm-hmm. But that's another thing that you can measure in response to exercise to see if you're actually recovered. But what I'm getting at here is they did a study on Ironman triathletes, and it took about 19 days for inflammation to subside, which basically means your body biologically, you know, if you look at the blood and biomarkers, you're a complete shitstorm for at least two and a half weeks after doing it. After doing it. And then, you know, and, and I, uh, th- this is something I touched on in, in, I wrote a big book when I finally started to get disillusioned with this concept of Ironman being the best way to get fit. Right. Because it's not healthy. It's like bodybuilding isn't healthy. Right. You ever been to a, a bodybuilding, bodybuilding show? Bodybuilding isn't healthy? Have you nope. been to a bodybuilding show? Yes. These guys look like, and I used to be a bodybuilder before, so I chose like the two unhealthiest sports on the face of the planet. I did bodybuilding Wait. and then I did Ironman. Okay. So how, how much do you weigh right now? You might have asked? About 175. And so when you were bodybuilding, how much did you weigh? I was bodybuilding, I was 215. So I, I was I was no big. Shit. I was I was sponsored by ABB bodybuilding shakes. Those old like man in a can shakes where you flip the top like this can of stevia yeah. here. But it's like whey protein and eighty one different preservatives. So you you know you you shit out a star a, a straw and have like protein farts all day long. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but, yeah. But that, and, and I'd eat tuna fish out of the can. Me but too. you couldn't do you, like bodybuilding diet is all protein, right? It's not like the high fat ketogenic diet, but it's also not like the high carb like endurance athlete marathoner 
bagel coffee shop diet. So it was like tuna fish out of the can, but I'd add like relish and ketchup and things to make the tuna fish actually taste right. like black pepper, stuff like that. Cause you couldn't do a lot of salt cause it'd mess around with, but with your water levels. Didn't you need. Okay. So when people are competing as weightlifters or as Ironman contestants, mm-hmm. Even though they're competing in something for health, they're not at their healthiest? Healthy on the outside, unhealthy on the inside, right? You look great in spandex. You look great posing on your underwear on stage. But for example, this is why I was asking if you've ever been to a bodybuilding show, you get up close to these people. Yeah. And they look like the the grandma from something about Mary, yeah. right? In terms of the skin, the yeah. connective Why tissue that? damage, that? that's because of inflammation. It's because the body is in this constant state where it's having to eat copious amounts of calories, get beaten up day after day with hard exercise without adequate recovery. In the case of Ironman, it's tons of time in the sunshine. In the case of bodybuilding, it's tons of time in the tanning booth, right? So you're getting that, that connective tissue damage on, on, the, on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, typically very low intake of a lot of like nutrient dense plant rich foods because you're eating out of a package or a can or a bar how or a gel wrapper. The difference between the things that are how important is that the difference between things that are packaged and processed as opposed to the things that are natural? It, it's it's enormously important and, and I'll tell you why in just a moment. And, and are we talking but, about that's more important like as far as what you're talking about, the inside. Mm, yeah, for, for for your blood and your biomarkers, absolutely. But when you look at, let's say, a triathlete or a bodybuilder, and you see that the skin is like that on the outside, the skin is connective tissue. Right. right? So if you see somebody with um, acne, eczema, wrinkles, you know, poor skin on the outside, typically that is going to be reflective of deeper connective tissue damage, right? Your heart is made up of connective tissue, your bones, your muscles. So people who appear to be very beat up on the outside, even if they're big and muscular or lean and fit and low body fat percentage, usually there is connective tissue damage. And then some of those other things I was talking about when I said 19 days. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So like 19 days after an Ironman, you you still have all the inflammation and everything. So so what I'm getting at here is is that it is not healthy. It beats up the body tremendously. It's a great way to look good. Yeah, but more or less die early or get things like the onset of type two diabetes or wait, cardiovascular wait, wait, disease wait, wait. early. Okay, two huge questions. Type two diabetes, by the way, which I'm glad I'm talking to you. You know, I had been, we'll get to it in a bit, but I had been diagnosed as pre-diabetic. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll get to that in the diet that I went on. But this is the misconception about type two diabetes. You don't have to be some giant fat fuck to get type 2 diabetes. No, no you absolutely don't. not. And I mean, like even, I mean, look, look at like Alzheimer's, right? They call that type 3 diabetes, right? And, and again, you don't need to be really? fat. All, all that Alzheimer's is, is it is glucose metabolism defects in the brain where your your the cells in your brain become unreliant upon is glucose right? due to lots of fluctuations in insulin, right? So those cells aren't able to use glucose efficiently. And unless they're given the alternate fuel for glucose, which would be ketones, right. you tend to form these these protective amyloid beta plaques, right? And that's one of the, the markers for for uh, Alzheimer's is these, these plaques that form in the brain. So, but, but they see that... It goes back, and I'm sorry, you're making my brain, you're, I have so many questions just exploding. I know, I've got like three still at, like in queue that yeah, you asked me. Because, that and I'm going to throw yeah. one more out there. Yeah. Because I've always said to people, marathoners, professional marathoners, look like the unhealthiest people I've ever fucking seen oh in my, my life. Oh my gosh. Did you see Ryan Hall? So so Ryan Hall was like America's like darling marathon, yeah. like one of the top marathoners. He dropped out like 
a year and a half to two years ago, he had to stop because he had hypogonadism and and low low testosterone. Nuts? Yeah, just the opposite. Small, well, Wait. usually nut nut size doesn't come into 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 play as much as like your testosterone levels because but, he exercised too but, much. Uh, well, not just exercise too much, but did the single form of exercise that we all know is the biggest culprit when it comes to decreasing testosterone levels and decreasing Which fertility, endurance, chronic repetitive motion exercise. Like we, from an ancestral standpoint, yeah, are very much able to send a message to our bodies that it's in like nomadic, move, starve type uh, of mode. So the body doesn't want you to have babies. If, if body it, thinks if you're thinks, traveling long right, Not only are you eating fewer calories in many cases if you're trying to, to stay skinny as a marathoner, but all your body sees is that there's this copious amount of calorie burning, typically in, in like kind of a stressful running or you know cycling or, yeah. or swimming or whatever. They, they, they can all do it. And again, I, I don't have anything against endurance sports if that's what you love and you're, you, know, you want to climb your own but personal Mount Everest and everything. But it's not a healthy thing. Well, Ryan quit, and then he, he posted it. It was like his Instagram page or... I think Runner's World may have, may have played it, but like he had to get on testosterone and he started lifting and got jacked and he looks awesome, right? Right. You can't even tell it's the same guy if you were to Google like Ryan Hall before after pictures, but that, it's a perfect example of, you know, a marathoner and what they look like when they send that message to their body to shut down fertility and to be in that state of chronic inflammation it's amazing. versus all of a sudden, you know, like shoving really good foods into your body. And, you know, in, in his case, he had to actually, I, I believe, get on like a, a patch or an injection or something like that for testosterone. Some TRT. Yeah. But two, you know, that one of the things that you asked me as we were along this line of discussion was, you know, when you are consuming calories to support a sport like that, whether it's bodybuilding, you know, with the shakes and the bars or whether right. it's triathlon with the, you know, the gels and the energy drinks, um, if there is a difference, you know, between that and real food, because when, when you look at, when you, when you look at a label and it has all, you know, you look at like the label of insure, right? The number one doctor's recommended right. protein shake that they give out in hospitals like candy, it's got a few things in it that look pretty good, right? Like vitamin D and, and cyanocobalamin and like yeah. all these, all these kind of things that help out. And then it's got some things like maltodextrin, fructose, vegetable oils, soy protein isolate, and a lot of carbohydrates. And this is the case with many of these packaged foods that are considered to be acellular carbohydrates. So the what difference between an acellular and a cellular, so acellular would be without. And what that means is it is a carbohydrate that is not like a, like a living carbohydrate, right? So like, um, you know, uh, completely processed bread okay. or processed rice where, you know, you get a lot of the, the endosperm and a lot of the, the living bioactive components removed, et cetera. So when, when you look at say, you know, whatever, a diet comprised of rice crackers, maltodextrin, fructose, energy bars, ensure protein shakes, et cetera, you're getting very few of those cellular carbohydrates you would find in, for example, uh, kale, tubers, carrots, parsnips, beets, right. you know, a lot of these, these living plants. And so that, to answer your question, you know, the, the, the last question you asked that so far that's, that's unanswered, yeah. uh, it, it, there is a huge difference and, and a big, big part of it comes down to if people want to like investigate this further, they can look into acellular versus cellular carbohydrates. Cause they've done some very interesting studies on the way that the human physiology responds to Can to I either. tell you now I told you about that. I got diagnosed with that pre-diabetic, right? So for 45 days, Basically, I ate only beans, greens, nuts, and seeds. Beans, right. greens. In the morning, beans, I greens. had some uh, uh, steel cutouts mm -hmm. just because to work out, I needed mm -hmm. a little bit of 
right? Mm-hmm. Did 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 your wife start buying that poopery stuff? That you can <laughs> yeah. just spread, just like follow you around twenty four seven. I will tell you something. Hook right up now. just like a like a like a poopery like belt where you can just kind of <laughs> spray it. Actually, speaking of marathoning, they make those those energy belts, right? You can put like flasks in as oh, you're really? running. Have you seen these before? No. Uh, anybody who's listening in who who does like you know runs and stuff, you go to these races and they have like the, they call them fuel belts, right? And you wear them when you're out exercising. It's like a Batman belt to get all those acellular carbohydrates I was talking about. But you could you could do that with poopery. You could just well, I will tell you something. First of all, the poop during the 45 days, mm-hmm. I, most of the time I was like, I don't even feel like I need to wipe. It just mm-hmm. shot right out. Oh, yeah. It just drops out. Drops out. Did you use a squatty potty? It, I didn't need to. Yeah. I, I could have shit standing up. Yeah. I'll tell you something else. My skin. Back of the toilet seat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Was velocity. It uh-huh. was shooting straight down the mm-hmm. hole. Yeah. My skin never looked better. Mm-hmm. I never felt uh, healthier. Now, I went back and, and, and Beans, greens, seeds, vegan. and nuts. Bean, greens, yeah. nuts, and seeds. A lot of people say that about, about like a vegan or a vegetarian diet. It was nuts. Too annoying. It was. I was too hungry all the time, so I didn't stick to it. But I will tell you this: what I took away from it was the importance of raw food. Mm. Um, and I do try to eat at least some raw food at every every time I eat. Now, something. when you say raw, you mean not cooked, or you mean raw like just like real food? Real food. Okay, gotcha. Because there food. there is this whole culture of. I mean, gosh, not just like raw vegetables. Right. And, and that's kind of goes back and forth. Some vegetables are better raw. Some like tomatoes, you get more lycopene, vitamin C when they're cooked. Yeah. But then there's also, somebody just sent a book to my house. And there's this new movement called like, well, it's not new, but it's it's becoming more mainstream. Yeah. Raw paleo, where everything from from the chicken to the fish to like anything you eat, it's all like tartare, no. ceviche. Can't do it. Even the chicken. Like there's chicken recipes nope. in there where it's just like lime salt and raw chicken. Nope. And and then this is it's it's called uh, I think that's what it's called is the raw paleo book, and uh, I, I can get on board with some of that stuff right like I I spearfish when I go spearfishing do you I really spearfish with limes and salt because you can go down there spear a fish fillet the fish right there on the boat and between like one dive and the next have that thing sitting in lime Dude. sprinkle a little salt on it and it's actually an awesome way to have they fish. they did that for us I was lucky enough and Chelsea Handler took me and my wife and a couple other people on a boat vacation in the Bahamas we caught a fish. Captain did that exact thing. It was mm-hmm. ceviche that night. It was delicious. Yes. So yeah. good. Like that true fresh And I mean, fish. part of it might be, th- th- this happens when I hunt too, right? Like you have what would be considered, if you were at home or at a fancy restaurant, like the shittiest thing on the menu, mm-hmm. right? You'll you'll like take a rabbit and cook it over the fire and it's like black and charcoal and, and you're using like, you know, little pieces of like edible grass that you yeah. find, you know, like like maybe some some morel mushrooms or a little bit of, of mint or dandelion grass, whatever you can find out Do there Do you in find the field. that out in the... And when you're hungry after a day of hunting, I mean that that tastes fantastic. Wait a second. But if I were to take that same like like let's say let's say like trigger fish plus lime plus salt and put that on a platter and serve it to someone at a fancy seafood restaurant, they'd be like, "This is shit." Yeah, like, yeah. This is, this is like, <laughs> the worst. For, but when you're but when you're cold and you're hungry and oh, you're tired and you're out in the wilderness or out in the sea, like it, it tastes amazing. Wait, so when you hunt and you're are you hunting with the idea that you're going to eat what you kill that night because can't you mm. can't you bring some stuff with you or do you like to just because you're talking about a rabbit and then you were yeah. talking about dandelion yeah. can't no, you, you bring some stuff you, with you or you, do you not like you, to do that you can bring stuff with you when you hunt right but 
I like to know that if I needed to, I, I don't need the trail mix or, you know, or the macadamia nuts and coconut flakes yeah. that I have there back in my, in my hunt bag. Like it's, it's cool sometimes to just go out and there's, you know, probably one, one of the more famous like trackers, wilderness survivalists is named, um, Tom Brown. He's a really good resource for like, you know, just, just being able to go off grid for a while. Right. There's a guy that, that my kids and I have taken classes from up How old in your kids. Uh, they're eight. Up in Post Twins. Falls, Idaho, yeah, eight-year-old mm-hmm. twin boys named uh, Tim Corcoran, and we've done wilderness survival camps with him, where we just, you know, he he trains you for a few days, and then and he like what we did was a father-son camp, and oh, you just go, go, you just go dude. out in the woods for a few days, and all you have is your backpack and a water filter and a knife and, and you go with him and you make, and you make your, your debris shelters and, and he goes along, but it's like he watches from a distance and, and kind of make sure that, that you're to not going to die. Yeah. You show up early and he trains you, you know, on, on how to do everything, you know, like What's making, like making a debris shelter. So, so the guy who's like, kind of like the, the inspiration for a lot of these folks is, is Tom Brown, but this guy's name is Tim Corcoran and it's, um, uh, what's the name of his, it's like wilderness. Uh, I want to say it's wilderness Eagle, but it's twin Eagle. Twin dude, Eagle. I want to go do yeah. that. Oh, it's a ton of fun. And it's a cool bonding experience. And they would do things like, um, so we did one night we did, uh, a traditional native American sweat lodge, right? Where you heat rocks all day long yeah. and then you drop them in a pit in the middle of this giant teepee and they have like the drums banging in there and it's pitch black and it's hot and you get you go back and forth from the snow back into the tp we did another one where they actually hid our children from us which is kind of cool as dads like they covered our kids in in mud and the kids had to like find their camouflage and go out and we had to spend like two hours just looking for our kids in the wilderness to teach them like how to hide but then to teach us like you know how to hunt down a human fucking love this oh this kind of stuff it's i mean we in in Washington and Idaho, you know where I grew up, a yeah. lot of this stuff is you know it's, it's not that that uncommon. But you know we, we got down this rabbit hole talking about like hunting, yeah. And yeah, when you hunt, like mo like if I'm hunting deer, most of that deer after I've I've gutted it and field dressed it is going in the truck and coming back to the house and getting how much meat getting, you get out of it getting quartered depends on the size, but usually yeah. usually getting anywhere from forty to ninety pounds. And for, do you eat everything you kill? Yeah, yeah. Um, Trying to think, bugs that I hit with my car. Right. Usually I don't eat. Well, Sometimes I lick the windshield. You can clear them off the windshield. Yeah, yeah exactly. Get a little spatula. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you gotta. I mean, if yeah. you're a survivalist, you yeah. gotta grab. Yeah. I, I will um, tell you, I've eaten bugs before. Raccoons, you eaten bugs? porcupines. Oh yeah, yeah. I've eaten I mean, bugs. well, that's a so. Um, I'll I've eaten a live cockroach. Another interesting story about my kids. I've eaten a live cockroach, which I had someone tell me that the future for protein mm-hmm. is bugs. Yeah, it's called a ed- entomology. Etymology. Do you, believe, do you buy into that? Oh, dude, we buy crickets. So my kids actually, there's this this uh, annual conference in Austin, Texas called yeah. Paleo FX, and my kids taught a cooking class down there How because old are they? they they're they're eight, and what they made have you, have you had pad thai before? Yeah, the- so yeah, which is pretty good, and they like pad thai. But usually, if you order pad thai at, at a Thai restaurant, it is like vegetable oils and yeah. noodles and kind of crappy chicken, you know, from a farm or whatever. But what they did was they they made pad thai. And the the noodle that they used was called a Japanese yam shirataki noodle. You you talking about about pre diabetes? You'd be very interested in this. Why? It's a zero calorie, zero carbohydrate pasta. And I have in my pantry. I've got fettuccine. I've got capellini. I've got angel hair. I've got spaghetti. I've got all these different forms of noodles that are all zero calorie, zero carbohydrate. What are they called? They're made out of Japanese yams. They're called uh, shirataki. Uh, the, the company I get them from is called Miracle Noodles. 
and you you can cook them up just like a regular noodle but they they used this in the pad thai and then for the protein they used organic crispy crickets like like roasted crickets that you can buy and they taste have you ever had like really good crunchy shrimp yeah right they taste like that because they have like the exoskeleton and and you you know when you cook them up and and they had a bunch left over so i'd fry them up in like a cast iron skillet where do they get this crickets butter and some salt and pepper we ordered um well the company was called i think aketi aketi named after i think it's a kestikus Domesticus or something like Miracle that is like the noodles? name for a cricket. Is that what you said they were yeah, but it was pad time with crickets and Japanese yam. It was actually really amazing. Now, see, I'm not an anti-carb guy, so the saying, do you know what I mean? I know a lot of people are. I believe, and and you please correct me if I'm wrong. I believe, I I think of the body as a machine, and right. then I like to think that everybody's machine is a little different. Is your a lot different? Is your back I'm, I'm just a ju- so first of all. My my back feels pretty good because of all the drugs I took right yeah, before yeah. we started. Um, Do you want a yoga but ball? I also on? I don't sit. You should see my office. It's just all like topographical mats with different bumps and stuff on them, and tr- a treadmill. And I've got this this uh, thing that's called a saddle chair, which is basically like this a horse saddle that you sit on. We and, got one of those in the bedroom. Stool and yeah, so I did like even at restaurants now. A lot of times I eat like I am right now, just like squatting. Do you know the? Uh, yeah, this is. Cool. I haven't shit my pants yet. You haven't yet. Sure I'm just gonna say. Like, <laughs> as, I, as I get older, talking about stuff just like falling out. Eventually, this is coming gonna come back to bite Especially me. Stuff eat so loosens up. Like, do you, do you know? What, apologies. Just had a prolapse. I need to step away from uh, the prolapse. <laughs> I had to explain to somebody what that was the other day. I'm like, okay, yeah. here we go. Yeah, when your rectum comes out, <laughs> asshole, and you gotta <laughs> stuff it back in. There yeah. was a woman, I, I've told this story before, but there was a woman, I remember in Mexico, we went to a strip club, my buddy had never been to a strip club before, and he was like, what is that hanging out of her? I go, you don't want to know. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that tube. Yeah. That's, um, that's, okay. that's when the poop tube comes yeah. out. <laughs> okay, so everybody's body is different. It's, right. And so, so for me, I exp- and I consider that beans, greens, nuts, and seeds to be a great experiment for me. Because then I introduced things slowly back in my diet mm-hmm. to see how it affected me. Turns out when I eat red meat, I don't sleep. Mm-hmm. So and I, I had always wondered what that was. I still eat it because I love it, but mm-hmm. I got to eat it early in the day. If I eat it past four o'clock, mm-hmm. I, I just don't sleep for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Are you like using coffee grounds as your as your rub for your red meat? No. Or is it just the, just no. the red meat? It's just the digestion, yeah. I think. Yeah. It just, I toss yeah. You get turn. like meat sweats and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, I really do. Yeah. Well, but, I, have, I have a couple thoughts on that, but go okay, ahead. Okay, so, but so, and then for me, you know, I tried that keto stuff, and I've always been, mm-hmm. by the way, over the last seven years, I'm a big believer in fats. Like, I've, I've, I'll mm-hmm. eat a ton of nuts and avocado, mm-hmm. and I love olives, and mm-hmm. by the way, you mentioned vegetable oil in a negative way, and I'm all over the place because you're a fascinating dude with so much information, but vegetable oil, I bet you some people think is healthy. Because it says vegetable, of so course. What is yeah. the one or two foods that you would think people think are healthy but are just not great? Mm-hmm. Do you? Because I really feel like, like uh, I really feel like the people's kitchens have got to be filled with them, where they think yeah. they're eating yep. Yep. well and they're not. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's um. Let let's let's tackle tackle these. You just, you you technically just asked me three questions. Um, You're good at remembering so, all of them, so I'm. I, I'll that's put right. Them in your once, queue. once, once that that kratom kicks in, yeah. plus the whatever that packet was. I, whatever. What, it was, what did it. I just take? Like lithium, lithium THC, THC, kratom, uh, 
what else? Uh, there By the way, so, so I've got. I've, just so people listening in, I'm not a druggie, but I severely injured my back yeah, yesterday morning, and, and, uh, with THC and I'm just I'm trying to keep the pain at bay. Yeah, and listening so, with THC is like one flu of the cuckoo's nest shit. So we'll see. Yeah, how that exactly, me. exactly. The frontal lobotomy is going to yeah. come about halfway <laughs> during during our commercial break. Yeah. Josh is going to uh, to pierce my head with a steel yeah. uh, <laughs> spike, and uh, we're just going to take out the frontal lobe. See what happens with that. Um, see what goes down. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, anyways, though, so first of all, the deal with the greens, beans, seeds, and nuts, and the reason that a lot of people feel really good when they do something like that is because you actually do eliminate a lot of foods that you're eating that would be unhealthy, right? Like you'll, you'll tend to cut out you know, bread and processed meats mm-hmm. and some of those vegetable oils that we'll talk about later. The mistake that many people make, though, is they then convert to veganism or vegetarianism because they feel so damn good when they get rid of some of those things. And you need to think of that form of a diet in most cases. There are a few exceptions. There's about 10% of the people on the face of the planet who possess a gene that converts fats very readily into damaging cholesterol. And for those people, they can actually do pretty well on a plant-based diet. However, uh, for most people, what happens is once you're two years, three years, five years, 10 years down the road of eating a diet like that, your your membranes, like the little sheaths, the, they're called myelin sheaths that surround your nerves and allow for propagation of a, of a nerve signal, those begin to degrade because you don't have enough DHA and absorbable fats that you get in many cases from animal tissue, fish, eggs, etc. Mm-hmm. in your diet. You also tend to get amino acid deficiencies, yep. which can lead to a low amount of neurotransmitters, you know, like serotonin, dopamine. So you tend to see people who... who who eliminate too much fat and too much meats and things like that from their diet, they wind up down the road getting nerve issues and neurotransmitter issues from long-term deficits. They've actually shown that people who maintain cholesterol levels, unless you fall into that population who, mm-hmm. who high cholesterol tends to be damaging for, it's called the APOE gene. But unless you fall into that category, high amounts of cholesterol in general, you know, having a cholesterol over 200, and I try to keep my cholesterol over 200, my total cholesterol, that's actually good and bad cholesterol, right? advantageous right. for IQ. There is no good or bad cholesterol. Is right? that there, true? No, that's there's good or bad cholesterol particles, which is the size of the actual cholesterol particle or, or what are called the, the lipoproteins. But the actual cholesterol itself, I mean, my, my LDL is high, my HDL is high, and all I pay attention to is my blood glucose, mm-hmm. my inflammation, and then the size of those particles to ensure that they're not tiny little particles that become atherosclerotic. And that tends to be the case when you eat a lot of starch and sugar. What's, ath- they're instead what's like, that word you They're able to weasel their way into your, your endothelial cell walls and cause things like plaque buildup. Okay. Right. But in, in most cases, if your blood glucose is low and your inflammation is low and your, your particle size for that cholesterol is low, generally high cholesterol is not going to be... Uh, an independent risk factor for something like, say, heart disease. And so that's that's why, you know, the greens, beans, seeds, and nuts, it's good as like, a, I'm going to do this for kind of like one to two months to clean up my body, that's do a little bit of protein restriction, which has some advantages for for longevity, yeah. right? That, that idea of like fasting from protein for certain periods of time during the year, there's definitely something to that. But that's, that's kind of my take on the whole like switching drastically to a new diet is – just because you did it and you feel good, that doesn't mean you have to do it for five years or ten years of the rest of your life because you get some of those those deficits that eventually I agree with that. build up. I, now, I agree with that. I have one question on top yeah. of what you just said. Um, so the because I agree with that. Like I think everything in moderation. 
And and I include that being for that's why I, I think vegan is too extreme for for some people. I'm sure it's good. But and I've introduced meat and animal products backed into the diet. But you the, you kind of just blew up the cholesterol myth. Is there another fitness or health myth that's prevalent that you would say is actually the exact opposite or it's been leading people down the wrong path for years? Oh, you asshole. You didn't even let me get to the, to the two foods yet. Okay. Get to the two foods. Okay. Okay. So first, so, um, and I'm I'm keeping track here. Okay. Doing doing all right. (laughs) That, that that kratom hasn't hit me yet. You have. So, so the meats, um, the reason I suspect that the meats probably kept you up and this happens in many cases, especially to folks as they age is as your hydrochloric acid production decreases, which is the acid in your stomach responsible for assisting with the breakdown of protein, excessive intake of protein can cause some gastric distress, some inflammation, some of the wakefulness issues that you experienced. Do you know what it did to me, by the way? What I've found is that... It made my eyes swell up. Too much much animal protein Mm -hmm. was making my eyes swell up. Yeah. So a lot of times what happens is that that undigested protein especially in people who don't have like a rock solid gut. You know, there's this idea of, of something called leaky gut syndrome. It happens a lot of times in kids who didn't get a lot of like colostrum and mother's milk growing up, kids who were born via C-section, kids who had like soy milk, you know, or kids who like were protected from all these, you know, from, from dirt and bacteria and germs. So mm-hmm. their gut lining just never really got solid. And you can fix that. There are supplements you can take like colostrum and probiotics and stuff like that. But ultimately... If you have trouble digesting meat, it can cause that. And one of the best things you can do is to use a full spectrum digestive enzyme. And this is what I do now when I, because I love to eat those like big old like 16 ounce French cut ribeyes. But the same thing happens to me. Your body just needs a little bit of extra help as you age. And our yeah. ancestors would have used like uh, things like dandelion greens and bitters and lemon. I tend to just go with capsules because they're easier to travel with versus a bag of lemons. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's basically hydrochloric acid and what is it called? Digestive enzymes. You want like a you want what would be called a full spectrum digestive enzyme complex. Yeah. with hydrochloric acid or HCL, especially if that's something you're going to take before you eat meat. Right. So that's usually the issue is it's not that the meat is bad for you. It's that your gut isn't breaking it down sufficiently. So those undigested proteins cross the barrier between your gut and your blood. And you wind up with a little bit of an immune reaction that keeps you up because your blood is trying to figure out what to do with all these undigested proteins that wind up crossing the barrier. So that's crazy. That's that's kind of the issue with me is is in many cases, folks just need to pop a few digestive enzymes with HCL before they have meat. Or if you can't find digestive enzymes with HCL, you could do digestive enzymes in like a glass of lemon water, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, But that's what I would suggest. And and, and so the red meat myth that it's terrible for you, you don't buy into that at all. Or is it just some Um, types of red meat? So the deal with red meat is that lean red meat is something that our ancestors did not prize very much. Right, there's this idea of eating a hoof to tail, mm-hmm. which is based on the concept that what our ancestors prized were the organ meats, the bone marrow, Fattier, right? the bone broths, the fatty cuts, because those are very rich in an amino acid called glycine. Mm-hmm. And the lean meats are very rich in an amino acid called methionine. And very, very high intake of methionine without adequate levels of the glycine that you get from the you know the liver and the kidneys yeah. and the bone broth and the bone marrow and all the things that we've been taught in our you know puritanical post industrial era is like icky right or or we even call awful right like o f f a l i don't i don't think that's purposeful you know that that they actually mean that it's awful but but that's that's the idea is that a lot of people think it is literally right. awful 
if you're eating a lot of red meat and not including a lot of those other components of the animal in your diet, red meat can become something that causes increased risk for cancer because of that very, very high intake of methionine. The other thing, and they've shown this to be the case not just with red meat, but also with many of these things that people do like the coconut oil and the butter in the coffee and yeah. all this stuff. Butter in the coffee? People doing like the bulletproof coffee, you know, the the butter. Have you heard of this before? No, why are they putting okay. butter in coffee? It, 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 it's got butyric acid in it, which uh-huh. assists with um, basically when you put butter and coconut oil in coffee, there are components in coffee that get carried across your blood-brain barrier. Uh, the cholesterol is like cathostol and kawaiol and all these psychoactive components in coffee you normally wouldn't feel that pass your blood-brain barrier. And you also produce a bunch of ketones. You mentioned ketosis a little bit. So th- there's this whole, th- there's a huge movement of like biohackers How doing much? like butter and coconut oil How in the coffee. How much butter and coffee? It depends. Usually it's like a tablespoon of butter and a tablespoon of coconut oil and you blend it with the coffee. You need both of them. Uh, you Not don't need both of them, but if you want like the best one, two comma, that's the way to do it. But what they've shown is that whether it's meat or coconut oil or butter or, you know, healthy saturated fats, in the absence of fiber, they can actually cause gut inflammation and some of those issues attributed to red meat, like cancer and heart disease, oh. et cetera, because you're having the red meat, but you're not having the kale and the fiber and the vegetables and all the things that need to accompany that diet. So again, it, it all comes down to balance. So that's kind of the deal. Balance is the whole, like for, and this is what I was kind of getting at before when I said I've tried a lot of different things. And what I've really found is it is balance. It is, it Mm. is about, it is about having a little bit, look, the, when I was growing up, the four food groups and all that, that is clearly bullshit. Mm -hmm. But the idea of it, of, of, of having a little bit of everything a little bit of a brown rice or a yam and a little bit of a meat and some right. vegetable. Right. Cigarette here and there. See, you know. Which, by the way, is, is a hormetic stressor. I mean, there, there are certain things like sunlight and cigarette. Well, <laughs> cigarettes are kind of iffy, but but they're called hormetic stressors, right? Like things that are that are bad for you in high amounts are actually good for you in low amounts. Dude, I would yeah. say that everything in moderation, including mm-hmm. moderation, is mm-hmm. good for you. Yeah. Right? So, but, but, but that's the thing. Like when I... That's why when I did that really extreme diet, I was like, oh, I couldn't fucking keep up with this. Yeah. I couldn't keep up with it. But what it really did make me realize is that you need a little bit of everything. Now, do you eat meat at every meal? I don't. I I eat meat once every couple of days because there is a lot of evidence that, like I mentioned earlier, that excessive protein has an anti-aging effect. If you want to get swole, right? Like if you want to get 70s big, you're some high school football player, you need to put on 20 pounds. I mean, meat, meat and dairy are your best friends. But if your goal is to live a long time, then having periods of time, whether it's during the day or during the week or during the month where you're doing like, like kind of a protein fast, you know, you're not eating a lot of meat, you're not eating a lot of protein, you're instead doing like healthy fats. And we'll get to your vegetable oil question here in a second. And, and like vegetables and, and fiber and seeds and nuts and stuff like that, that can be useful. So what I do, you you think beans are a good one? I like beans. If beans are prepared and see, see beans and many grains that the plant kingdom would prefer for humans to consume those or mammals to consume those and for those seeds to then get pooped out somewhere right. for that plant to propagate. So you eat beans so, as long so as you plants shit are in the backyard. Resi- no, plants are... <laughs> no, <laughs> totally, totally took that the wrong <laughs> way. It's not what I'm getting. Um, that would be a cool way to garden, though. It'd be like the, the poo... You've got like your little line of yeah. holes, like 12 in a row, and, and you each day you yeah. deposit a little seed. 
Um, save a lot of money on, on plumbing costs, yeah, too. Yeah, I watch the money. No, but the idea is, is plants want mammals to poop them out, and so they are resistant to digestion, right? That's why quinoa, unless you soak it and rinse it and preferably sprout it, it's covered in like this soap-like irritant called saponins uh-huh. that make you poop. That's why sometimes when you have quinoa, a little quinoa winds up in your poop or corn winds up yeah. in, your, in your crop. But basically the idea is that, and this includes legumes, unless they've been soaked and sprouted or fermented or made digestible, then they actually do resist digestion. They cause digestive inflammation, and they they don't do your body any favor. So let's so the organic let's take, black bean can of organic black beans I have in my one of the worst things you can put into your body. Stop now what it. you could really? do. So so I eat beans. For example, black beans. We buy dry black beans from the store. You toss them in a mason jar when you come home, right? So you so you soak them. Okay, I'm gonna keep going while you walk over there and get your beans. Um. Oh gosh, that's horrible. Uh, yeah, so so these black beans, you know what? You get these at Whole Foods or whatever. You know, yeah, no yeah. artificial flavors or preservatives. But if you look at the actual label, you know, it's water, organic black beans, and sea salt. And this is one of those cases where nutrition becomes tricky because we would look at that and be like, that's "Hell fine. yeah, baby!" And probably doesn't contain GMOs. You know, it's got the non-GMO thing. But the thing is, it's still a it's something from the plant kingdom that would prefer for your digestive system not to actually digest it but you can so this is where paleo comes in right so that's so so the, pa- the paleo you? well the, the the paleo push would say this is bad for you uh, dairy is bad for you bread is bad for you but i say humans are smarter than plants that's what i say right i agree with that so why can't we take a black bean right and soak it or whole one black bean that'd be a, it wouldn't be too efficient let's take a whole bunch of black <laughs> more beans. than one yeah yeah we soak them Right, soak them and and rinse them and soak soak them overnight in a mason jar, uh-huh. and then you let them ferment for a little bit. And you can ferment beans and like like vinegar and you know on at room temp. And I, I have on my website I've got a whole soaking and sprouting chart for like quinoa and beans and almonds and how to make all these different things from the plant almonds? kingdom actually digestible. And once you've soaked them, so you know when my wife makes hummus, for example. Yeah. Sorry, we're we're. We're Jews. We can say hummus. Yeah, we can hummus. say it's not. It's not hummus. It's not tahini. It's yeah. tahini. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you 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 ferment them and soak them and and you know in quinoa if you leave it in that jar for a while it'll sprout and all of a sudden it becomes very digestible, and that's the deal with with a lot of these things from the plant kingdom is as long as you render them digestible they're just fine. I'm blown but away. But otherwise they cause things like gas and those do cause digestive gas. distress and. Are you yeah. saying the protein and the fiber out of is I'm not getting that out of that? Can you're of getting beans? it, but you're getting it along with digestive inflammation. Right. You know so what? That's I'm this is this is so enlightening. Okay, so I have mm-hmm. what I've always just considered to be a bad gut. Mhm. I did for years. Now I understand yeah. that some of that right. is is because of the stuff that I I think right. is healthy. And I came full circle, right? So I used to drink when I was a kid like half a gallon of 2% milk every day. And then right. when I was a bodybuilder, I'd up it to a gallon so I could get swollen, get muscular and my stomach was horrible. So then I read that dairy is bad for the stomach. So then I was like, okay, I'll quit eating dairy. And my stomach started to get better, and then I came full circle and realized that oh, I can have dairy. It's just uh, sometimes it needs to be fermented, right, in the form of like yogurt, right. or sometimes it needs to be unpasteurized and unhomogenized. So all the probiotics and the fats and everything that allows me to digest those proteins are intact. So I can do, 
you know, whereas like what? two like percent milk will will make me go decommission a bathroom. Right. But but like I have goats at home. I can drink the raw goat's milk. I can go to the grocery store and get like raw cow's milk. I even drink like camel's milk, but but it's all raw, right? Like unhomogenized, unpasteurized, or it's fermented, right, in the form of yogurt and cheese. And so it's all it's not about the food. It's it's whether or not you as a human have been smart enough to make that food digestible. Okay. So that can which says organic, and mm-hmm. I'm with you. Like, I read the ingredients. Right. And my rule is, can I pronounce all these words? Do I know what they mean? Right. And in general, I've used that as my rule. Which is bullshit, by the way. It is bullshit? So Well, it, it is bullshit because that's like what the food babe says. What like, do you mean, the food so, babe? So the food babe is the lady who says, like, if, you, if a third grader can't pronounce it, don't eat it. Right. You know, and, and, you know, she'll list off all the ingredients like a Subway sandwich. But, I mean, you look at some things like cola calciferol or cyanocobalamin. You know, right. that's a vitamin D and vitamin B, right? Like, so, but, I mean, it, so it's it's tricky. Like, if you say you can't pronounce it, sometimes you end up on a slippery slope and right. missing some good things. But, what, but so I what get is, what you're saying. What would you, so in general, do you not have anything in your house that comes out of a can? Um... Let I mean, that, of, is, that blows Let me give me you an example right of that something I would away. eat that comes out of a can. Sardines, right? We have some sardines, those. anchovies. Those come out of a can. Yep. And yeah, I get like the organic, BPA-free stuff, you know, sustainably harvested, blah, blah, blah. But I don't get plants out of a can because, well, let me put it this way. I can buy plants out of the can, but then I have to dry them and then soak them and then ferment them. So it's actually more, it's faster and more affordable to just buy the dry bags of the beans. Yeah. Right. And then you get some mason jars. You just get used to when you get home from the grocery store, giving them a quick rinse, dropping them in the water and letting them soak for a while. And I'm going to, by the way, your website is? Ben Greenfield Fitness. Dude, I'm for, sure gonna, um, <laughs> I'm for sure gonna check out the the soaking shit. Yeah. I'm I'm dude right now, that right there, what you mm-hmm. just told me about those beans, really changes my entire. I'm just saying this so I can take your beans and have free dinner. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's but, shitty. Uh, do you have any? That tequila is really bad for you, so I'll take that <laughs> off your hands. And do you have any? Do you have any ice cream? I do. Because ice cream's horrible for you. Let's just put that in my bag, and we'll just make that. You know, I disappear. haven't had. Um, I haven't had sugar since last February. That's that was a game changer for me. Wait, well, you, yeah, not like yeah. I, 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 know, I know. I know what you're, you're about to tell. Me. I know. I, 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 okay, I know. So what we'll you're skip about that to tell. part. That, that well, I mean, um, and I'll have a I, in the morning if I have a shake. I'll have mm-hmm. a couple of blueberries, but no more than a quarter cup. Yeah, not eating fruit. Yeah. And I don't want people to like get the impression that like you know like like you or me are like food Nazis. Cause no. like, I freaking love food. I like, you know, I went What's to, your I went to like air last night and I got this amazing, like half of a roasted chicken and the spaghetti squash and their, their eggplant Parmesan. Dude, that's and, not a cheat. And just like, you know, it's sea salt and pepper and, and then I'll have like dark chocolate and red wine. I cheat on the good. So if I'm going to cheat, I'm not going to cheat by going in the backyard and scooping up dog poop. Right. I'm not going to cheat by heading over to McDonald's and having a Big Mac, which is basically the equivalent of shoveling dog poop into your body because I like the good tasty stuff that's also good for so you. So tell me and what I the cheat totally, is for you. I can get like like 80% raw dark chocolate and a nice organic red it. wine and a huge ribeye steak and I'll have that with some sweet potato fries or some, you know, yeah. fry up some avocados and, and have like a big like... like like a spinach salad with goat cheese and beets and a really nice olive oil. Like that for me is the cheat. And just eating copious amounts. That, that's the cheat. And you feel amazing. Right? Do you, you feel like a cheat million with tequila bucks. or are you just a red wine dude? I have a glass of alcohol every day. 
So I have either uh, I do an organic red wine. It's mm-hmm. really good. It's like old world micro filtration. They don't Why add do you a bunch a of sulfites because it's actually good for you from a cardiovascular standpoint. Plus, um, it's it's a good way to relax at the end of the day. You know, so I'm a weed guy. so and we also have um, yeah, I'll, I'll do I'll do weed sometimes too. But it, it just kind of sometimes I do weed and wine, right? right? But even the weed, right? Like I look for the organic stuff that doesn't have the heavy metals and a lot, you mm-hmm. know, cadmium and a lot of this stuff is notoriously found in weed. So. Um, you know, f- another thing that I'll do is we have a big elderberry tree on the edge of our property. So my wife ferments this huge vat of elderberry wine out in the garage. So Did I'll you? do like regular wine or I'll do that. Or the other one that I do is kombucha because like, yeah. kombucha has like a liver cleanse. It's got glucuronic acid in it, which is really good for your liver. So I'll, I'll do kombucha and I'll squeeze some lemon in there and then a little bit of vodka or tequila. Nice. Or rum. It's a nice mix. And it kind of like fucks up your liver, but cleans it up at the same time. So it's Dude, a good, good uh, one two combo. But but even alcohol, like I'm not going to go order a margarita made with a high fructose corn syrup and all that. You know, if I'm going to have alcohol, it's going to be the good shit, right? Me too. I'm with so, that. Um, there are two questions you asked that I didn't answer yet. And then I want to get to because so many people ask yeah. me questions. And then, as I'm asking you the questions from the people, I want to. We're going to get into why you jumped so deep into fitness. Okay. You asked me about uh, vegetable oils. Yes. There's a really, really, really good book. Uh, she just released a, an updated version of this book. It's called Deep by uh, by Kate Shanahan. She's a physician who worked with the L.A. Lakers. Sound him on that losing streak because they <laughs> ate too much healthy food. By the I way, guess. thank God. Thanks, Kate, um, for those of us yeah, who hate the thank Lakers. thank you so much. Appreciate no, it. No, I actually, I, I do think, uh, uh, and Kate's really cool, but I think that sometimes when you put like big old, you know, six foot eight swole basketball players on the diet of bone broth, like... <laughs> You have to eat. That's what I've found is like so many of these nutrition books, they don't account for the fact that athletes, even if it's healthy stuff, still have to eat copious amounts of calories, right? And so a lot of these diet Michael books, Phelps diet a lot of these crazy. diet books is like you eat your bone broth and your chia seeds. And I'm like, yeah, but you need to be like just like shoving face with sweet potato fries. And you know. yeah, so the idea, though, is that she really goes into how omega-6 fatty acids and vegetable oils in general, everything from canola to sunflower to safflower to even a lot of olive oils, if they've been heated and they've been exposed to high amounts of pressure, yeah. as most of the oils that you purchase from the grocery store are, they become extremely inflammatory, more inflammatory than sugar in terms of the amount of damage that they can cause olive oil in the too? body. So when you're in the healthy food section of the airport, you yeah. turn over the the sugar snap peas that are sold as the healthy food at the airport. And you see that the first two ingredients are organic cane syrup and canola or rapeseed oil. That's like one of the worst things that you can put into your body. And so when it comes to oils, rather than just like throwing out a bunch of stuff, people shouldn't be eating. What we have is we have avocado oil, Mm -hmm. extremely heat stable. And if you get it, you know, always look for your oils in the glass bottles, right? Which the glass dark bottles, yeah. which means they haven't been exposed to a lot of like, like temperature changes and, and light. So we do a, a glass avocado oil. I do an olive oil, but like a really good olive oil, like the the one that has like stuff floating around in it. Yeah, and yeah, you pour yeah, it yeah, yeah. And it's like super dense. So I'm part of an olive oil club where I get like three glass bottles of olive oil. But just look for. You don't have to be an olive oil club. Um, you can just look for the glass like dark bottled stuff at the grocery store. Yeah. So olive oil is another one that we do. Coconut oil, which is generally pretty good, like a mm-hmm. nice extra virgin coconut oil. That also is very heat stable. Um, and then butter and ghee. 
Those are our primary fats at our house. Ghee. So we've got avocado, What's the difference olive, for you between butter coconut, and ghee? butter, and ghee. So ghee, a lot of the dairy proteins have been removed. So people who don't do well with dairy uh-huh. can sometimes do better with ghee than with butter. It's like clarified butter that's been heated. But ghee, from an, from an Ayurvedic medicine standpoint, has a lot of cleansing properties to it. And so it, it's actually really good to include in things like broths, and a lot of people use it in like teas or mm-hmm. coffees. So ghee is just a very versatile oil from a medicinal standpoint. So I like to have it. It's more expensive. But I like to have that one around too. So in terms of vegetable oils, that that's does that yeah answer your question. And then you also asked like the worst food that people have around that they actually think is good for them. That's a tough one, but I'd, I'd have to say whole wheat bread would probably the, be the biggest one. Whole wheat bread right. spikes your blood sugar higher than a candy bar. Is that true? And unless your whole wheat bread has been, this returns to the whole thing about ferment, unless it's been soaked and sprouted and fermented. And there's a few versions, like you can buy at the grocery store, like um, Ezekiel 4.9, right? Which is, yeah, like like that's pretty decent. My my wife, she gets, she actually makes bread. She makes like fermented sourdough bread. And it's amazing because when you ferment the wheat, it lowers the glycemic index. So you don't get the sugar response. And it also pre-digests the gluten. Right. And so, but whole wheat bread is basically sugar, gluten, inflammation. A lot of times, if you look at the label, they've added canola oil. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, whole wheat bread is, is, I would say, if I could pick one thing in response to your question, it would be that. What's the gluten myth? Because people are like, the I'm gluten, gluten myth. People are like, gotta be yeah. I mean, for me, I'm, I don't do well. I'm not gluten free, but I just don't do well with wheat. Wheat makes my eye, like I get big black circles under my eyes. That's very similar to the meat, Josh. It's not the wheat. It's you. It is me. If you want to just geek out on this stuff, read the book, Eat Wheat. What that book goes into is that there's, there's two issues when it comes to gluten. First, if you're eating the stereotypical wheat wonder bread that you buy from the grocery store, that's been, it's been made from crops of wheat that were grown commercially for high yield. And when you, when you grow wheat for a high-yield crop, what it does is it concentrates the gluten and, and the gliadin proteins, which are essentially okay and able for your body to digest yeah. in normal amounts that we would find in nature. But once we start to, to work on crops from a genetic standpoint or we start to, to alter the way in which we grow them for like fast yield, high yield, it, it concentrates the gluten. And so you're getting way more. That's why when I go to Italy... I can eat pasta like it's going out of style, and I've I feel that. great. And it's because that wheat is not grown in the same way that we grow wheat in the U.S. So that's one problem. So wheat by itself is, is not bad for you. No, wheat's, wheat's great. It's another one of those things, right? It's 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 whether or not you've treated that plant correctly. Have you soaked it, sprouted it, fermented it, those type of things? Then it's then it's fine for you. That and but then the other thing, and this is why I said it's not the it's not the weed, it's you. Right, is that. In someone who who doesn't have proper lymphatic system drainage, and this is something that can occur if you have some immune system issues, like you're eating foods that you might be allergic to or eating foods that haven't been fermented or mm-hmm. soaked or sprouted, or in many cases, people who are sedentary, who aren't moving their lymph fluid around, people who have a buildup of things like heavy metals, for example, or other toxins that we find in personal care products and household cleaning chemicals. Quick? All of that stuff affects lymphatic drainage, and that can cause you to have a deleterious reaction to wheat. So if you had, say, because my wife um, has uh, has had some mercury, turns out some mercury mm. problems, right, With mercury, from getting the fillings taken yeah. out of her, 
Yeah. With the wheat then, you're talking about heavy metals. There's mm-hmm. not a whole lot. Yeah. Like wheat fucks with it. So you detox, right? You fix your lymph system. You do all this stuff that's kind of woo-woo, but it, yeah. but it actually works like um, like detoxification strategies like chlorella and cilantro. And you do like coconut oil pulling and dry skin brushing and rebounding on a trampoline and sauna sweating. And you do that at the same time that you have eliminated wheat and dairy from your diet. And then gradually, as your lymphatic system heals, you're able to add those things back into your diet. Dude, you are, first of all, you're 34. 34. Fascinating, man, how well-read you are. So how did you get so... Well, see, I don't have any friends, and I also, until I got married, never got laid. So... (laughs) That's all I do is is just read books, and, and I kind of I kind of jest, but actually, dude, like, so I read three to five books a week. All I, ha- on... I have since I was thirteen years old. No shit. Um, my my son Taryn is very similar. He like the other night he read a three hundred page book. Right. So so my mom would take me to the library, and I'd come home from the library. We'd get home at about four p.m., and I'd just read books until two or three a.m. And now. Uh, like I, I have a stack of books on on my on my bedside. Yeah, a uh, stack of books in the bathroom, stack of books on the coffee table, stack of books in my office. I'm just constantly voraciously, and this is what I love to do. Right, like it makes me happy. So, what I mean, would you I, say then? I, because I love I love to learn. I love to share what I've learned to help make people's lives better. I what, just get a big kick out of that. If somebody was gonna be like, man, I I just need to I'm starting from the bottom. I just want to go out and get one book about that combines fitness and nutrition. Do you? Would you say if you're going to start? That's kind of a softball, dude. That's buy my book. I mean, there yeah. you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, um, but but really, books become outdated. That's what I found. So like, people ask me like, what's the best book? And it'll change for me from week to week because like because now I'm like this. You know, I'm a blogger and a podcaster and kind yeah. of like an influencer in the health space. I don't even need to go out and find the books. Right? They just all get sent to my house, and and so I have this constant stream of books arriving at my house that just basically feed me twenty four seven. How many with, days with a week you stuff. work out? Um. I move every day. That's that but was going to be the next one, question. But yeah. I have one day. So when I say I move every day, right? Like I've got like the standing workstation and I've got the treadmill workstation and in between phone calls, you know, I've got like the heavy bag in my office. Yep. So I'll punch the heavy bag a little bit or I'll swing the kettlebell on the floor. Um, when I wake up in the morning, I do a few yoga moves and I jump in the sauna for a little while. And, you know, I'll occasionally throw in, um, you know, throughout the day, like if I'm on a consult call, you know, like uh, two mornings ago, I had a lot of phone calls. And by noon, I'd walked 20,000 steps because I just did all my phone calls on the on the treadmill. So I move a lot, but I work out kind of just like with a brief high intensity workout at the end of the day. And that's kind of like the icing on the cake. So I don't work out that much, but I'm just kind of like moving. Why even the end of the day? Because I'm um, a big, I'm a morning guy so, for my workout. Yeah, your your grip strength, your body temperature, your reaction time, and something called your post workout protein synthesis, which is how able your body is to take whatever meal you're eating after the workout uh-huh. and use that to replenish and restore muscle. All of that peaks between about four and seven p.m. So because of that, if you want to get the most bang for your buck out of a hard workout, you actually save it for the end of the day. The other interesting thing is that when you wake up, you wake up with a surge of cortisol as light hits your eyes. And maybe if you have some coffee, the coffee hits your bloodstream. And it's just this, this, it's called chronobiology. It's basically, you know, when you wake up, your body actually has this natural surge in cortisol. And if you go to a CrossFit wad or some really hard workout, sometimes it's just like dumping cortisol on cortisol. And people tend to like get exhausted doing, doing that long 
long, to doing the really hard workouts in mm-hmm. the morning. I'll only do a hard workout in the morning if it's a day where I just know that's my only chance to whatever, like, like go to like 10, 30 second sprints on the treadmill with 15 burpees and 15 kettlebell mm-hmm. swings after each one. Cause I'm going to be sitting at a conference or standing at the back room of a conference all day long. That's when I'll do something hard in the morning. But otherwise the morning is just like very easy, restorative things like a sauna or a walk in the sunshine or, you know, but those things can't be overlooked. Moves. Like what I, what I've found as I've gotten older is look, when you're younger, especially as a young man, Get in that gym. Get on the bench press. Get in the squat. Yeah, the only place you're going to get returns mm-hmm. is in that get gym. Those, get those chesticles. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is I've learned, one, the importance of recovery. Mm-hmm. Like like recovery is something that is really important to gains. Mm-hmm. I found as I got older, when I worked out too much and too hard, my muscles started to get flatter. Yeah. Yeah, because, because I was muscles over, get bigger when they recover, right? Yeah, and they were. I, it was like I was yeah. over. Somebody said you're overworking. Yeah, yeah you can totally overwork. But I have that one. But even my my easy day, which right now is Sundays. What do you got? Um, there? this is an electrolyte capsule. You know, actually, it's a. I'm gonna roofie you. Um, you want an electrolyte capsule? I put it in water. It makes water taste really good, and it gives you like this minerals and stuff. There you go. Yeah, I was just gonna drop it in there. Do it. But um. Here, I'll give you one. You want some black beans? I've got some fantastic, lovely black beans over here, too. Uh, You'd like a few. <laughs> my, uh, friend, now, my friend gave them to me. What's the point of the electrolyte capsule? I just like don't like to drink plain water. I'm always drinking like sparkling water or oh, like gotta, gotta, stevia water or like, you know, I just... Plus, electrolytes are actually kind of... They're kind of good for you. And and I... um So, I'm a big believer in kind of teaching the body how to naturally burn fat. So, I don't snack a lot during the day. But when you don't snack a lot during the day, you find that you need to turn to things like electrolyte capsules yeah. and like some good gum and spark, like things that keep your appetite kind of occupied. Hungry you is without I a hungry shit. You don't yeah, eat but, all the time. Uh, well, after doing that for a long time, it actually takes. There's this idea behind like keto flu or low carb flu, where yeah. like when you first start doing it, like ten to fourteen days, you feel like complete shit. But it takes a good year to two for you to actually build up what is called the mitochondrial density for your cells to be able to really efficiently burn fat as a fuel and also utilize ketones as a fuel. So if you're going to do like the I don't snack very much, you got to get in it long term. Do it for one to two years. And then after you've done that, like I can can go hunt for 12 hours and and not have to eat or I can do a hard workout at the end of the day, even if I haven't you know, had anything since, you know, lunch or, or breakfast. So, um, really? so yeah, so that, that, that's kind of the idea with, with, it's called fat adaptation, right? It takes a long time. Just, just like a lot of these things when it comes to making your body or your brain better. Yeah. You got to be in it for the long haul, right? Like doing like the, like the one day cayenne pepper yeah. detox thing. That doesn't work too well versus like, <laughs> versus what I was just <laughs> getting at makes me laugh, yeah. versus what I was just getting at, which is my recovery day. We're just like, you have that one day each week of the year. Not only do you have the like the one day every day where you're moving and making your body better, rather than yeah. you know waiting two weeks working out because you feel fat and then waiting another couple weeks and then getting injured because you you know start into this intensive three day workout routine. But the idea behind that recovery day is I do things that just like cleanse my body all year long. Like so that's a day where I'll spend a lot of time in the sauna where I like sweat. Like I'll go into the sauna with a, with a stack of magazines, right? And just read all my magazines for the week while I just sweat copious amounts of metals and toxins out of my body. Or, and then I'll finish that up with like a cold shower. So I get that big release of uh-huh. you know, nitric oxide, which is like Viagra for your whole body. And it kind of gets the, really? the blood flowing. Yeah, it's an amazing. A cold shower? 
uh, a hot sauna and then a cold shower. What does that do? I take a cold shower every day. Huge. So there's this idea behind like cold thermogenesis. There's How even cold, these, by the way? these stupid cryotherapy chambers that a lot of people are doing yeah. nowadays. Um, it's got to be relatively cold, like cold enough so that there's a little bit of a like a sharp intake of breath. It's actually called your mammalian dive reflex, uh-huh. and that strengthens your nervous system. You get that release of nitric oxide. You convert storage fat tissue into brown fat tissue. Um, you, you get a release of something called adiponectin and also irisin, which causes your, your fats to release fatty acids to be able to burn, to, to be burnt as a fuel. It's one of my keys to staying lean. Like I stay really lean and you know, I, I still eat like 4,000 calories a day, yeah. but a big part of staying lean, cause I like to eat, right? Like I like food, but a big part of like staying lean when you like food is cold. Like that's a huge key. So I'll do like these cold showers every day and wait, and it's, and it's good for wake up too. It's like a cup of coffee without you having to drink coffee. Wait, 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 wait. Cold showers can help you keep weight off? Yeah, because your body has to burn copious amounts of calories to actually restore your temperature. And then you get that release of those hormones that are responsible for burning uh, How more, long more fats as a fuel. do you have to There's, stay in the cold shower? About five minutes is kind of like a magic period of time. So if I have clients who I coach for fat loss, yeah. I'll have them do a five-minute shower at the beginning and the end of the day where they'll do like 20 seconds cold, 10 seconds hot, right? You can get like the underwater MP3 players. Yeah. You don't get bored and you know listen to something. But it's really, really good for, for fat loss. Um, Dude, that blows they even, me away. They even away. make, like I've got one in my freezer. They make like this little vest that you could wear. That's like so when you're working during the day and you don't want to get wet and you you put it on and and it's got these little like frozen packs in it and it makes your body cold during the day and you burn again copious amounts of calories. So on my recovery day, I'll do I'll do a little bit more of that cold hot stuff. I do um I do uh is gonna possibly um lead us down a rabbit hole, but I do a coffee enema on that recovery day to clean out my body, clean up my digestive system. It induces something called peristalsis, which you makes do your it digestive. Yourself? You give yourself an enema? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I hire the neighbor boy to come I was over. Say, and give yeah. me an <laughs> he loves it. Little little perv. He's like, Yes, Mr. Greenfield, I can stick that up your butt. And my twenty dollars and my soda. Yeah. Um, you can if you can find those guys yeah. on Craigslist. They'll, yeah, they'll exactly. come over. They'll yeah, come the anima guys on Craigslist. Um so I, I do that and and you, your body produces a lot of antioxidants when you do it. Yeah. You know, one really important one called glutathione. Uh-huh. And your gallbladder produces a bunch of bile, which helps you to digest things that you eat later on in the day. So it's like kind of like a reboot button for your digestive I cannot system. Cannot wait to try that. All right, I'm going to get into these questions. I have a, I have an article on my website about how to do it. So to finish, to just to close that loop. By the way, where are you with rice? Uh, where am I with rice? How do you feel about people you eating? You mean like, oh. Health-wise. Um, oh, like, like eating rice. Yeah. Like, uh... So the deal with rice is that brown rice is notoriously high in arsenic. But how come people are like brown which, rice is which, the best for you? Well, because it also compared to white rice, it has more nutrients and more minerals in it. Both forms of rice, they aren't that jam packed with nutrients. But so brown rice, there's kind of like the metals issue that you got to be careful with. White rice is very easily digestible. But it's not very nutrient dense, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like sugar, right? Like you can digest sugar really easily, but it's not very nutrient dense. So it's kind of like if you're going to have those calories, you need to understand that you're not getting a lot of bang for your buck out of those calories. At the same time, I, you know, I love me some good sushi mm-hmm. and 
Um, sometimes I'll, you know, at home I'll, I'll make myself like some fish and wrap it up in like a nori seaweed wrap with some yeah. rice. So I like rice as kind of like a condiment, right? Like I think of rice, like I think of ketchup or mayonnaise or something like, like it's, it's kind of like something you add into a meal, but not in copious amounts. So would you say you're a, yam, trying to gain weight. a yam or a sweet potato as far as those yeah, it's more type nutrient of dense better? Yeah. Yeah. All right, exactly. I'm gonna, I want to get into these questions, dude. I honestly... Okay, we've been talking for an hour and 10 minutes. Mm. Were we recording? No. Oh, gosh. We're going to record now. Dude, uh, such a waste. Th- I had to talk to you without anybody. <laughs> I am, this. Dude, you are fascinating, I, good, dude. And I, so I'm going to try to whip through some of these. Um, always here. Let, let's do it. Deal. But let's, let's, let's set it up like this if there's a lot of them. I will try and be. Um, I'll I'll try and be somewhat precise. And I'm going to and not not. I'll I'll try not to dive down too many rabbit holes as I respond to these questions and just give you guys like the eighty twenty, um, so that you aren't concerned that this is going to be like a four hour podcast. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna I'll blow through if some of them are similar. Because who will, knows when this kratom is going to yes. wear off and I'm just going to go into convulsions on your floor, um, or or pop open this can of black beans and just go to town. I, if you open that with your teeth, blow I would my backside. Give you t- start bucks. shitting all over your wall, your family photos, and all over the it, wall. It, it, it could get horrible. Just out of curiosity. Well, I mean, who knows the the uh, the shitstorm that would ensue because it's been so long since I've had black beans out of a can. Oh, they're delicious. My body might rebel. Always hear about endomorph, yeah. mesomorph bodies. What about ectomorph? Mm. Like, is there is it should people depending on endo, meso, ecto should somebody says that those are myths that there's not a body type. That's what well. the next question. And should you eat or exercise differently for your body? Like Full disclosure, I wrote a book about this. Right. It wasn't like a New York Times bestseller or anything, and frankly, it kind of flew under the radar. How many books have you written? Uh, 13. <laughs> so this one's called The Ideal Guide, or the, the Get Fit Guy's Guide to Your Ideal Body. Because I have this little five-minute podcast I do each week. It's yeah. just like one quick tip for fitness. And it's over It's over at quickanddirtytips.com. Okay. Like it's this podcast network, right? They've got like a little nutrition one that comes yeah. out and a money one. And I'm like the fitness one. It's not my main podcast. My main one's like, you know, like this, like a long-form podcast. Right. But I wrote a book um, for Macmillan Publishing who, who, who produces that podcast. And the book, it's a question that allows you to determine whether you are one of four body types, uh, male or, or female. You know, and males are like the ectomorph, the right. skinny lean guy, the, the ectomesomorph, which is the, the halfway between like the skinny guy and the muscular guy. Yeah. Then the mesomorph, which is like kind of the athletic muscular guy. Then the endomorph, which is more of like the apple shape. And it is true that especially if you look at a lot of, of iron Ayurvedic studies that have been done on body typing, different body types have different personalities. They have different propensity to be able to digest certain foods. Really? They have different metabolisms. And there's something too, the skinny, lean guy who's kind of smart, right? And maybe good at math and who gets beat up by the mesomorphic football players, but who what also has pretty good one? endurance and who can snack a lot on like carbs and stuff and not get fat, even though he might have like the pre-diabetic, you know, issues inside. Like, like that's like the eco. The, the, the ectomorph type, you know, then oh. you have like the, the endomorph apple type who tends to get hot really easily and who has decent endurance, but just isn't very fast and who gets fat almost no matter what they eat, especially carbohydrates. Right. Um, and, and their metabolism is a little bit sluggish. Um, you know, we're talking about like Jonah Hill versus right. say, um, 
you. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Or, or, you know, Matthew McConaughey would probably be mesomorph, right? right? Jonah Hill would be more more endomorph. We could have the ectomesomorph. I'm an ectomesomorph. Right? Like I'm kind of halfway between like kind of skinny and lean and kind of muscular. Could you, with your body type, like, could, do you have a propensity to gain weight? I gain weight. If I, if I really go out of my way to eat more calories, like I did when I was bodybuilding, but I'm never going to be endomorphic, right? Like I'm never going to have like skinny arms and a really fat rotund body. Right. What'll happen with like an ectomesomorph if they gain too much weight is they kind of get almost like more of like a pear shape in some cases where you kind of put on some fat, like your upper thighs and your butt. I gain it in my ass. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. There you man. go. All right. J-Lo. So the idea is that, that yes, yeah, there's, there's J-Lo. something, there's something to it. And that book is called the, the get fit guys, uh, uh, guide to achieving your ideal body. It's some horrible title, but all right. So yeah. there is just so you guys know, there is differences, but check that out. This guy, Chuck Ferrick says, I follow many of your diet principles. I'm going to China for 10 days. Any food wrecks? I know Chuck. I've done some triathlons with him before. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, what was his question? He's going to China for 10 days. Any food wrecks? Uh, assuming that you're talking about things to eat while in China. Yes. I would say anything that's like got four legs on a stick, that'd probably be a safe choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rats, uh, nutrient dense. Um, puppies? Puppies. Puppies, probably cats, probably. I've yep. never been. Have you been to China? I haven't, but I hear the cat is the. I've spent a lot of time in Asia. I've done a lot of racing in like Thailand and Japan, but I've never been to never been to China. Um, I've had a couple clients uh, who I've coached uh, in China, and they have a very hard time finding good food there because you don't know the source of a lot of the meats. The vegetables uh-huh. are notoriously high in metals. You know, the rices have a lot of arsenic in them. That's a tough nut to crack. Um, if I personally were going to China, I would I would try to order like bulk or, or take bulk with me, just some really nutrient-dense sources of food, very similar to what I would take if I were hunting or camping. So some examples of that would be like macadamia nuts, right? Really good source of like saturated fat. Are macadamia nuts better ribs. than an almond or anything like that? Yeah, well, when it comes to energy density, uh-huh. absolutely. When we're trying to like travel light but squeeze as many calories in yeah. as possible, pemmican is a really good one. So I don't even know what that is. Pemmican is rendered fat. It's an old Native American recipe, and they'd like bury pemmican for years and come back and eat it. Like it's, it's a it's a crazy nutrient dense source of fat. I buy it from a company called U.S. Wellness Meats, and it's just it's rendered fat with a little bit of protein thrown and in, and, and you eat it you like squeeze it out of a tube, almost like beef jerky kind of. Yeah, it's like it's like really really, really sticks to your ribs. Um, I also am a huge fan of like these. Uh, this is this is kind of funky, but we're, I mean, we're talking about things that are really nutrient dense. Uh, spirulina and chlorella you can get in like powder and tablets. I carry so chlorella. Really, with me, really yeah. good like like nutrient dense source. Dark chocolate is really nutrient dense. Like yeah. really, you know, like like get a good. Do you know dark chocolate? When I and this is th- like I said, everybody's machine is different, mm-hmm. and every but when I start to feel a cold coming on, mm-hmm. I take two squares of dark chocolate, I put them under my tongue. I let them melt. And I'm telling you right now, my cold, eight out of 10 times, if I catch it early, never happens. And it wouldn't happen if you ate the chocolate. No, the reason for that is you actually get a nasal influx of a chemical. I don't remember what it is, but it's similar to what you get. So when you take a zinc capsule to Mm -hmm. reduce the duration of a cold, it doesn't work. But when you take a zinc lozenge, it does because there's some kind of interplay with what goes on in the nasal cavity. I don't recall the name of the actual chemical, but it is interesting. Some of these things that don't work when you swallow them work when you dissolve them in your mouth. Yeah. The, 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 Chocolate and uh, if I chew it, it is nothing. Yeah, 
under the tongue, I can, and this is a weird thing, and this is why I believe that you really have to experiment and find out what works for you. Yeah. I can literally feel it work as I'm doing it. What it's, kind of chocolate do you use? Just like I use dark like chocolate? a organic, usually yeah. 75 to 80%. Yeah. And just let yeah. it melt. You know, and chocolate's it, really interesting. Like chocolate, chocolate has endocannabinoids in it. It's got theobromines in it. It's got all sorts of, of really interesting chemicals in it. You know, it causes a dopamine release. Yeah. And so who knows if it if it's if it's mental, meaning that your body feels good, so it does a better job healing itself. I mean, okay, right? we or, do one or, of those. Dude. Yeah, it doesn't matter. To me. That's super interesting. I, I do believe so, that the mind, if the mind is telling you you're going to be okay. Yeah. I really believe like the yeah. mind is a very powerful yeah. thing. Yeah. So ultimately, Chuck, you're fucked um, yeah. unless you're you bring your own food. But I have been uh, – uh, one of my favorite things to eat in Japan is the fried chicken. It's amazing over there. Yeah, man. Ahead. Fried chicken in Japan. Blue, knock my socks off. So go to Japan first. Is go to the, Japan, that, stock up on fried chicken, and then, and go, then, to then go into China. Problem solved. Um, I, uh, Eric is a buddy of mine who's on here a lot. Eric Ellenbrook. What is the one thing an average person should start doing right now to become a healthier person? I, I can tell you what I did okay. for me, and these were easy. Sugar, mm-hmm. white flour. Except all that fucking chocolate you were dissolving under your tongue. I only do that, <laughs> I only do that when I'm sick. Sugar, uh, any kind of the white flour, I don't mm-hmm. eat breads or anything like that. Yeah. And, uh, and for me, and this is just for me anyways, so it was anything, the whites, the sugar, the yeah. white flour, and then I was really a little too liberal with, I would be like, I'd have a salad and I'd be like, well, then fucking I can put whatever I want on here. Mm. And then I went back and looked at it. I was like, oh, it, sauces. When I yeah. go to restaurants, sauces, yeah. I may think that I'm Gotta ordering the, the healthiest thing in the, the world, side. but the sauces, yeah. I, I ordered these pork chops from this place in Cleveland this weekend and when I tasted the sauce, I'm like, this is, this has got 50 grams of sugar in it. Mm-hmm. This sauce. And a lot of times it's not just sugar. It's like corn syrup. Yeah. It's even worse. And, and I ordered. For your liver. Super healthy. Grilled. It was, you know, and I had uh-huh. grilled asparagus. But yeah. I know that that sauce wrecked every yep. good intention I had. Yep. So Same thing like the whole food salad bar, right? You make this enormous healthy. Then you get to the very end and yeah. it's just like copious amounts of like blue cheese and so what, what would you say if someone was going to do something right now? Because right. I'm sure it's a tough answer. Oh, it's a, no, it's, it's a very simple answer for me. What? And, and I've had to answer this question before, and I'm, I'm totally dead serious. Take a cold shower every day. Like That's there are amazing, so dude. many things that happen metabolically Five and minutes. physiologically when you expose your body. And there's even a new book about how we as humans have now we're missing out on a lot of the uh, the healthy things that our ancestors got when they subjected themselves to slight amounts of discomfort each day. The the name of the book is called What Doesn't Kill Us. And it's about how occasionally having periods of time during the day where you're out of breath or you're really cold or you're really hot and you're sweating, like those things can actually be really good for you. And, and in my opinion, if we could just choose one, it'd be cold. And I, and I, and I, like I practice what I preach. Like I, I do a cold shower every day and all, all the people who, who I coach and work with when they pull up their calendar at the beginning of each week, every single Monday, it says every day this week, don't forget do a cold shower. That is a great one. Um, and I'm going to start doing that and I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to see, yeah. I'm, I'm stunned by that. Okay. Okay. Of course you're in California. So it's not as bad. Uh, Josie, I, she knows how to eat super clean, manage portions. And one thing I've tried and just cannot get into. How do you know into. it's Josie and not Jose? 
Uh, I'm going to go by the picture. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Uh, <laughs> don't get me wrong. She says, uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, she can't get into the whole gym thing. I'll go to the gym. Mm. I do the same thing every time. 45 minutes on the elliptical. Oh, gosh. And then I want to leave. I'm assuming the same thing every time is not good, right? No. My plus, sister- there's, that, there's that whole Ryan Hall syndrome we got into earlier. You know, you're right. telling your body you're, you're running from a yeah. lion for 45 minutes My every sister day. tells me I need to incorporate strength training. Uh, mm-hmm. As an overweight person, should I stick to cardio exercise and then get into strength training down the road or mixture of both starting now? Depends on your goal. Let's say you want to lose fat, which is like 90% of the people who go to the gym. Right. Aside from the people who want the, the big guns. Yeah. Um, is- so the what research shows, and there's a really interesting study in 2008 at the University of California that compared strength training all by itself, endurance training all by itself, or a mashup of strength training and endurance training. And, and what they did in this study, and this is what I recommend, and this is what I do a lot when I'm pressed for time or when I want to get the most bang for the buck out of whatever, the crappy hotel gym or whatever. Yeah. So what you do is you do one strength exercise. It's called it's called a superset, right? Mm-hmm. You do one strength exercise for one body part and one strength exercise for the opposing body part. Okay, so you're going to do like push-ups and pull-ups or chest press and lat pull-down. Mm-hmm. And then you do 30 to 60 seconds of cardio as hard as you can. And you go back and do that again. You do that like three to five times through, depending on how much time you have available yep. at the gym. And then you move on to another superset. Let's say you're going to do squats and deadlifts same or work even if you're a beginner like leg extensions right. and leg curls and again 30 to 60 seconds of cardio right after you do that running jump rope bicycle um burpees whatever and you go through that three to five times and you choose generally about three to five different stations right and each station has those two back-to-back exercise and each exercise has the burst of cardio after it so before i got How many days into, a week you doing that exercise for her, uh, for her so so this would be something that you would do three days a week for example because generally you need about 48 hours to recover mm-hmm. from a strength session and on the in-between days i'm a big fan of doing like like that easy stuff i talked about in the morning mm-hmm. but preferably in like a fasted state before breakfast and then in the afternoon something restored you could do like sauna you could do you know, yoga, something that kind of still makes your body better, but isn't beating you up too much. Can I um, throw something in there as a question? Yeah. Because I know a lot of people, and especially as they get older with families and job, they're like, well, I don't have an, I don't, I, I don't have time to go to the gym for an hour. And, and you, correct me if I'm wrong. One, your workout doesn't need to be an hour to get something out of it. But Two, I mean, you also honestly, don't need to go to the gym, you don't do need, you? you? You can, like I mentioned earlier, like this whole idea of like like exercise having to take place in this box, right, with windows and, yeah. and treadmills, like you can move all day long. Like just the fact that we've been like kind of sitting here for an hour and a half or whatever, this is like the longest I've stayed in a sedentary position for like a week. That's crazy. Right? Aside, and even the airplane, right? Like I have this rule on an airplane every time I get up on the airplane to go like talk to the stewardess at the back, yeah. use the bathroom, I got to do 40 squats. Right? So a lot of times I'll do a long airplane ride and hop off the airplane having done 300 squats. Right? So the, the idea is never think of exercise as something that is relegated to some facility that you have to go visit figure out ways to inject movement snacks into your routine all day long and then that exercise at the end of the day is like the icing on the cake good one um you ever seen one of these by the way it's called a theragun my my buddy loaned it to me down here when he heard i hurt my back and it's like, like a massage it's like a screwdriver for i i was gonna do it on my back around check that oh, out shit like feels amazing makes for a great podcast too I've dude seen- but like for the back 
Just oh so you know, I've, I've seen a video that has one of those, but I don't think it was used for massage. Um, no. So your thoughts Smathering on LISS coconut oil. first thing in the AM. What's, LI, what's a good list work? List, low-intensity, steady-state cardio. Oh. Yeah, versus high-intensity interval training. What, like what, so what would you... Hit versus list. Are you a list person? Sean wants to know. What's a good list workout or list early in the morning? Uh, so... The idea with low intensity, steady state cardio is kind of something we touched on, like that yep. Ryan Hall type of scenario, marathoners, triathletes, way too much of it for long periods of time. I'm not a fan of that, right? Yep. Unless you do want to go do an Ironman triathlon or something, in which case you got to do some of that list. Not as much as most people think they need to do, especially if they're doing HIT, like high intensity interval training, but low intensity, steady state cardio. The place that I like that is if you're trying to lose fat, doing some of that fasted when you wake up in the morning can be a good strategy and fits within the parameter of what we were talking about earlier, easing your way into the day. So what I'm talking about is you take your dog on a walk in the sunshine in the morning for 30 to 60 minutes. That's low-intensity, steady-state cardio. I did low-intensity, steady-state cardio yesterday when I was on the phone. I do these things called breath-hold walks Uh where whether I'm talking on the phone or listening to something, I'll go on a walk, but the rules are I can only breathe through my nose. Mm, Walking Jesus. as fast as I can go, I can only mm-hmm. breathe through my nose, right? So I'm getting a lot of that deep nasal breathing and the humidification of the air, and you yep. produce nitric oxide, and you don't activate all the upper chest barrel receptors that cause this cortisol, like all sorts of benefits to breathing through your nose. And then every time, this is my weird rule, every time I cross a street, you know, like however block you cross, I have to hold my breath for as long as I can. Dude, and that's it. And going on a walk like that, especially if you're like jet lagged or you, it's the end of the day, you want to work out. Oh yeah, you're totally winded, but all you're really doing is walking and just stringing yourself along by telling yourself two rules. All you got to do, Josh or Ben or whoever's, you know, yeah. nasal breathing. And then every time you cross the street, you got to hold your breath as long as you can. It's a, it's kind of a cool workout. Yeah. It, it works really well. I'm going to try that tomorrow when I walk yeah. the dog. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to get go. a couple more and then I'll, I'll let you, you go. Passed out with your dog. There hit are. by a car <laughs> on the street. You're like. <laughs> There are a couple questions that kind of run together a little like some people are wondering how to keep a a weight off as they age. And some people, and I know ask like he lifts weights, but Ryan lifts, Mm. but has a hard time putting weight on or gaining muscle. Like my son is a tall, thin dude. I'm assuming as far as aging goes, and I also correct me if I'm wrong, as far as six packs and looking jacked, like so much of that is diet and not exercise, right? So much of what you, when you take yeah, off Yeah, it's sh- like, I honestly, if I take my shirt off, I look pretty jacked, like at, at the gym and stuff. Like, yeah. I, I'm I'm ripped, but I have less muscle than like 60% of the guys there. I just have low body fat percentage. And right? you, you so, have less muscle because you don't he- go heavy as, as heavy protein. I don't go as heavy protein. I, I'm still racing professionally in obstacle course racing. Mm-hmm. And so like every extra pound, I got to like carry that up hills. And so I'm kind of careful not to gain. Like I'm one of those guys who like, you know, I'm always like stopping eating when I'm 80% full, which is hard, but I also, Super hard. but, but like one of the things that I do is like, I, I race and I compete and like, that's part of my gig. So if I were to just like maintain like 190 or 190, I would be able to run as fast right. basically. Um, anyways though. So that thing about maintaining muscle as you age, my biggest tips for you are as follows. You ever heard of Don Wildman? 
No. Esquire magazine did a story on this guy. He's like created like the hardest workout in the world. He's like 80 plus years old, the fittest dude you've ever seen. He was just on Shark Tank, actually. Don Wildman. Yeah, he was just on Shark. He owned Bally's Fitness, sold Bally's Fitness. He lives in, in Malibu. I've worked out at his house before. And you go into his basement and he's got just basically 20 exercise machines in his basement. They're these Nautilus exercise yeah. machines with like the, the minus and the plus yeah, pumps yeah, yeah, on the yeah, side. Yeah. And they pump them up. And all he does three days a week, and then he mountain bikes or snowboards on the off days, is he'll get on one machine do 30 reps, then 20 reps, then 10 reps. And I'll go to the next one, 30, 20, 10. Next one, 30, 20, 10. And a lot of personal trainers will be like, oh, that's bullshit. That's a stupid workout. It's not periodized and it doesn't have all the science behind it. Right. But you know what? That dude has cracked the code on the most important thing when it comes to maintaining or even gaining muscle as you age. And that is if you have like a go-to workout and you're consistent and you can just nail that thing, whether yeah. you're tired, fatigued, hungover, whatever. It's just like your workout that you do. That's the key, especially if it is a resistance training type of workout. So that's the first thing is like a lot of the fittest old people I know, they have routines. And yeah, they're not like throwing a new workout at their body all the time like exercise science would dictate you're supposed to do. There's something too, especially it appears from from the guys I know who are the fittest. As mm-hmm. you get old, you've just got, you know, like another, another friend of mine who, um, who, who is really fit, Mark Sisson. Mm-hmm. He's like a fit old guy. And he like he has the day that he paddleboards. He has the day that he plays ultimate frisbee. He's got like his three go to workouts, and they don't change a lot, at least from you know from from what I understand from what he, he's explained to me for his workouts and what he what he writes about on his website. But it's just like you know, like as you age, you have these routines that you just yeah, do. Yeah, I dude. think that that's important, and, and include resistance training. And then the second thing, very simple. Um, I take every day, three hundred and sixty five days a year, a molecule that has been shown to stave off cognitive decline especially if you're vegan or vegetarian, but in in the general population, has been shown to stave off sarcopenia, which is the gradual loss of muscle as you age, and has been shown to protect the gut as you age. And it's creatine. I take five grams of creatine every morning, 365 days a year. It's proven to be super safe. It's not like the 20 grams that get bodybuilders cramps and all that shit. It's just five grams of creatine year round. All right, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that for sure. Yeah. Okay, let me roll through a couple of these. Dude, I'm telling when you, when I say that you're a fascinating dude, and to be so chock full of knowledge is, in a way, very inspirational, dude, because you're not, you're not a guy who takes what you do lightly, which mm-hmm. I respect 100%, but also, you know, you understand there's a certain amount of responsibility that comes when people are asking you for advice. So that responsibility also means that you need to fucking know what you're talking about because when you're dishing out advice with health and fitness, you could fuck somebody up if you didn't know what you were talking about. Well, that's my secret is I'm not a doctor, so you can't sue me. Right. So take that. I can tell you to go, (laughs) but you know what? But Become, you need you need to practice bulimia more often. You are also you can just go and throw up all day long, but you can't sue me because I don't have a medical license. So there. Yeah, and not only that, yeah. guys. Uh, let me tell you something. Everything he said so far, I'm assuming. Mm, I made up. Yeah. Yeah, I did make it up on the spot. <laughs> yeah. yep. Um, this woman wants to know about detoxing. Can we ask the guest about detoxing from the holidays? I don't even know. Mm. I guess that just yeah. Means- so here is the most 
let me let me think of how I want to tackle. So your liver and your kidneys are built-in detoxification organs yep. that can do a pretty good job unless you're seriously fucked up or unless you want to do like one of these big detoxes and and some people need to do that and they mm-hmm. feel really great on it. But if you support your liver and your kidneys, you've got 80% of the game figured out. How do you support your kidneys? You drink good, clear, clean water every day. Not the municipal water supply with the birth control pills and the pharmaceuticals and the chlorine and the fluoride and all that shit. Although those like, will keep you from getting pregnant. It, they will keep you from getting pregnant. Nice glass of birth control pills <laughs> yeah. every day. Good to go. Um, the, uh, the, the thing you want to do, though, is pay attention to the, water, the quality of the water that you drink. Go ape nuts over your water quality. Don't drink plastic water. Get a really good water filter for your house. When you travel, stop and spend the extra money on the Pellegrino or the Perrier or the Gerald Steiner glass bottled water. Like drink really good water so that you're actually not dumping toxins into your body and at the same time giving one of your body's most important detoxification organs everything that it needs to How operate properly. How important is properly. the glass over the plastic? It's pretty important. Pretty damn important unless it's one of these brand new fangled plastics that that's like totally BPA-free and doesn't leach chemicals and... Um, we I don't think we have time to get into structured water and no. how it structures better when it's in glass and all that jazz. But that's that's for that. And then for your liver, your liver has what's called a phase one and a phase two detox pathway. And both the phase one and phase two detox pathway are primarily dependent upon high intake of antioxidants and sulfurs. And so what that means is that if you're eating a high amount of, for example, wild plants, yeah. right? Like like and wild like bitter plants in many cases, things like ginger and garlic and dandelion greens and milk thistle and fennel and licorice and curries and turmerics and those are all good. pepper and you know, all these like spicy herby things, those help out quite a bit. Cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, cauliflower, garlic, Brussels sprouts, those type of things. So if you do those type of herbs, spices, healthy vegetables, wild plants along with copious amounts of really good clean water Mm -hmm. then you've got 80 90 percent of your detox stuff figured out and it's it's for life it's not just like this trendy detox you gotta buy um and that's a big thing by the way everybody like you know we're always looking for the quick fix but Mm -hmm. remember your life is not a quick fix so Mm. instead of making a quick fix make you put that on a poster with some kittens yeah make a lifestyle change naked baby sitting in a flower i love the the kitten hanging there Mm-hmm. saying eat cruciferous vegetables yes. mm-hmm. that, that, that's, that's viral that's a that's a meme that'll be your new a meme a kitten would be like eat your cruciferous vegetables uh-huh. um okay got a question no stay away from the black beans healthy snacks a couple people have healthy snacks questions and how to stay away from bad snacks but uh you get sidetracked with healthy snacks and some people are, i love healthy snacks but i hate nuts and that always seems to be the only one people mention so give me, we mentioned some healthy snacks and we mentioned mm. uh, beans and, and seeds too, I'm assuming. Mm. But outside of that, something that people can pick up and eat. Is popcorn a healthy snack? Nut butter? Does that count? You could say nut butter instead of nuts. Can Just you eat butter by itself? No. Oh. Um, I was thinking like Oh, nut butter. butter. Yeah, no, actually nut butter. That was my nickname in high school, really by the way. Yeah. Um, okay, so so other what was it? What was the one you just asked me? Popcorn? Yeah, is popcorn healthy? Yeah, popcorn depends. Like like if you go to the movie theater and you have popcorn, a lot of times it's just coated in vegetable oil. Right. Right. Or or I can't believe it's not butter, right. which isn't much better. But popcorn uh, with I regular mean, butter? Yeah, actually a lot of people don't know. But most of the popcorn in the US it's non GMO, right? The corn doesn't come from a GMO source. Really? 
and it's you know it's sugar but it, it kind of sorta but it's it's not that bad if you've got digestive distress from corn which a lot of people do it's not that great but i mean corn with like some coconut oil or some real butter or you know, some Fine. olive oil it's not not that bad so that's a decent snack um the t- kind of things that i snack on um a lot of times I'll take like some full fat coconut milk and I'll throw like some dark chocolate stevia in there mm-hmm. and then a handful like coconut flakes or dark chocolate and toss that in the Coconut's freezer. Coconut's good. We're on board for, for like, coconut? Yeah, for like some like ice cream almost. That's that's one that I'll wow. do. Um, I'm also uh, I'm also a fan of taking like chia seeds and you soak them in water and make mm-hmm. like a pudding and you can put like stevia and salt and lemon or lime or Jeez. like little chunks of things like chocolate and stuff in there. Where are you in fruit? Um, so... The deal with fruit is that it it is fructose. Your muscles do not contain the enzyme that is able to take fructose and convert it into glycogen, mm-hmm. storage carbohydrate that could then be used for energy. Your liver can do that. Your liver does have that enzyme, but the liver's capacity is about 400 calories of glycogen, at which point excess fructose gets converted into triglycerides, which are an independent risk factor for heart disease and are also very easily deposited as fat in, in, in fat tissue. So the idea is that if you're going to eat fruit, you want to A, ensure that you're definitely not exceeding 400 calories per day of it. That would mm-hmm. be the very max. But B, consuming it when your liver is in a state where it is glycogen depleted. And this would be either when you get up in the morning after an overnight fast, including a bit of fruit, like a handful of blueberries mm-hmm. with, with breakfast, or in a post-workout scenario. And this is why that glass of wine I mentioned that I have every day, mm-hmm. I don't have it with dinner I actually have it just a little bit after my workout because I know all that fructose in the wine is not going to make me fat or fuck up my liver. Instead, it's just going to get chalked away as liver glycogen. Fucking fascinating. So that's kind of the idea with, with fruit. So it's 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 another one of those things that I treat as a condiment or mm-hmm. as something that I'll put into my body when my body is a little bit energy deficient. So snacks, we're talking about she doesn't like nuts, but seeds, mm. a coconut, yeah, some of that, some of that coconut stuff. You know, there are superfoods out there that are even you know like you know the things that are low in fructose but high in proteins. Goji berries are actually pretty good for that. I, I like that. I as, like goji berries. Berry. Yeah, that that's a decent choice if you want something kind of kind of crunchy, chewy. Um, kale chips. That's another really good one, especially if they're not the ones coated in sugar that mm-hmm. you get from some stores. I like that as a snack. Um, you know, dark chocolate. We mentioned that a little earlier. And there's a, there's some bars out there that are that are like not bad. What? There's like, um, for example, one that I had recently that was really tasty, and that that refers back to something we talked about earlier. Yeah, a peanut butter and jelly flavored cricket protein bar. There's this company called Exo that makes cricket protein bars, and you, there's not like antennas sticking out, and it's not like at a cricket cemetery. It's just yeah. like these like a ground up cricket protein, and they're they're pretty tasty. They have a little bit of sugar in them, but you know there's some of these bars, you know like Quest Bar is another one that makes kind of like a lower sugar. They sweeten yeah. it with xylitol, so it's kind of a fart bar, but it's it doesn't. Yeah, I was not a fan a of lot that. Of sugars in it. Um, I'm I'm trying right now to develop a bar that's just basically like a fat bomb, right? It's like chia seeds and coconut oil and some dark cacao powder and some what are called medium chain triglycerides, but like no sugar, but it's just like fat that kind of sticks to your ribs. Sign me so, up, dude. Yeah, when when whenever I, I wind up getting around to that, Keep- um, some kind of a fat bomb though. So so yeah, there's there's a lot of different snacks. I've I've got probably forty different snack ideas in my book too. Like I've got a whole bunch of recipes in there. That are, that are Which is the decent, book they should look but, at. Uh, another one is unsweetened coconut flakes, just for a little bit of crunch. Oh, those like are actually those really too. good. Yeah, those are really good. Um, okay, and that's a nuts. That's Ben's keto diet. 
the how do you feel about ketosis the primal blueprint diet ketosis drew wants to know blown out of proportion and way too trendy okay um i i could i could go for the weeds and, and explain a little bit more but ultimately the big takeaway is most people feel like crap when they're on ketosis because it is too carbohydrate restricted and all those cellular carbohydrate sources like plants and tubers and stuff that we talked about those are prudent to include in your diet if you really want to feel energetic and you don't want that that's slu- what it did that for me sluggish feeling that's what that it did you for get me. with ketosis yeah um the rest of these questions are yeah. basically repeats uh, the best way to start out when you're completely out of shape, I would... Bulimia. Let's just start answering bulimia. Yeah, bulimia. <laughs> Anorexia, bulimia. I would just say Throw start, up. start moving, Stick your finger right? down your throat. Do an enema. Oh, big time. Your neighbor enema, do an enema and bulimia at the same yep. time. Eat black beans. So be bulimic out of your asshole. Right, exactly. Because out of your mouth is unhealthy, but bulimic exactly. out of your asshole. Yep, and copious amounts of, of kratom, apparently. I'm now a fan. I actually I, I got rid of a lot of my back pain. Really? The there you hours. go. Yeah. And, uh, and, and and some black beans in a can. And black beans in a can. Uh, if you're right. really out of shape, everybody, I would. I'm assuming just start moving, right? Yeah, that's the move. Just start move, moving. Move your fat ass. Get out of your. No, no, I just defend everybody. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. Just move. I like my Uber driver uh, yesterday. He was this really big dude, and he knew he was a big dude. He's like, "What should I do?" I'm like, "Dude, you're sitting in a car all day." I'm like, anytime you're not in this car, freaking move. Like anything you're doing, you need to be moving. Like when you're calling your mom, like be walking. When you're going to the grocery store, park as far away as you can and move. When you're at the store, take the stairs instead of the elevator. Just move. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I honestly have about 6,000 other questions for you, but we're bumping up on two hours and I generally only like to do an hour. Yeah. But this has just flown by. But dude... I'm fascinated by you. I am going to for sure uh, get a few of those books, dude, because um, you clearly have researched all sides of the aisle, which I respect, mm-hmm. right? You're not just researching to prove your point. You really have looked at the full 360, which tells yeah. me that- Like you- I said, I don't have a life. Yeah. I don't know the name of any restaurants in my hometown because I just sit at home and, and read. That's I'm, the I kinda, kind of I kinda, expert I want, No, dude. I actually am. I'm kind of like I live in the middle of the forest out in Washington State. And like I'll leave and go to LA for five days and just have a copious number of meetings and podcasts. And, and, and then I go home and I just don't do anything. But like talk on the phone, do consults, work, read books, and hang out with my kids. Here's what I took away from this. No restaurants, no bars. Like, no, no bars. Yeah. Here's no what bars. I t- we're gonna have to change that. Yeah. Here's that what I t- when I when I'm out, that's the you know when I'm traveling. That's what here's I what bars. I took away. I'm for sure going to uh, try the crickets. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to do that outdoor thing in Idaho with that dude. Yeah, that is something outside. I really want to do, and I'm gonna take my son. That sounds okay. absolutely amazing. How long is it? Like a weekend? It was five days. I want to say five days, something like that. Yeah, um, dude, thank you so much for coming by the house. Well, thank you for having me. You, it was a, it was amazing, and I'm sure my people will. Thank have you more for giving for me you. a can of black beans while taunting with me with a giant shelf of alcohol. You asshole. You can take that home. Yeah. The black bean you can take home. With All right. You. All right. All we'll right. Talk cool. To you later. later.